Kittredge. I see you've been out visiting the folks. It's Hunt. What do you need for a pinpoint? We've been watching a little TV, have you? Hauling Mom off to jail in shackles was an especially nice touch. He's in England. Get MI5. Ethan, I want to assure you that my first order of business after you come in is to have these ridiculous charges against your family dropped and eliminated completely from their files. Now, if you, uh, if you come in now, we can lay down the charges against you as well. Can I ask you something, Kittredge? Certainly, Ethan. If you're dealing with someone who's crushed, stabbed, shot, and detonated. Five members of his own IMF team. How devastated do you think you're going to make him by marching Ma and Uncle Donald down to the county courthouse? Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's not an impossible mission at all. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm I'm Ellie. Oh. (laughs) I'm not redoing that again. (laughs) Let's just... My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Ethan. Hey, there we go. And so, uh, yeah, we have Ethan here. Apparently, the impossible mission was getting through without... Setting up explicitly who was doing what. Yeah. <laughs> I think in cases where George is not with us today, I think in yeah. cases when George is not here, what we do is we just, uh, Ethan, you can become the de facto George and be. <laughs> Ethan gets the and I'm. And I'm. <laughs> we kind of look the same with it's, the hair. It's, it's we play kind twins. of. It works. I mean, you guys are we like. We play twins in our yeah. last show. <laughs> you guys are like the Samuel L. Jackson of the podcast. It's like, nice. and Samuel Jackson's Dick Fury. Oh, I yeah. like that. There we go. Ethan. There we go. So there we go. And we are here today to do episode. 69 dudes. 69 dudes mission impossible mm. i haven't seen this forever no me either i haven't seen this ever have you not okay that's really interesting yeah it is uh, I, I must have seen this in 2018 i think right before the most recent mission Impossible came out oh wow okay yeah, yeah. yeah. you do that though you go back over stuff well, and I, sort I've of catch what's missing before so i've been wow. through all of them for the first time okay and i was like cool yeah is, is a mission impossible yeah. when, when you binge them did they follow a storyline no. The individual ones don't even follow a story. <laughs> no. I got to four. I, I know, like, right? I know that person, that person will show up again. But. We'll talk a little bit more about it, I think, when we, when we intro the film. But, I mean, I'm sitting here going, I remember when I watched number four, and it was like, how was it? I was like, oh, because it was that one, it's the set piece, right, outside yeah. the, the Burj yeah. Khalifa, yeah, yeah. which I didn't call the Wiz Khalifa this time. I am learning. <laughs> <laughs> but he's outside the, 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 the Burj Khalifa, and he's climbing it. And I'm like, well, okay, great, what happened in the movie? I have no idea what the story was. No. I can tell you what all the set pieces are. But Same. not really the story that much. Um, so let's kind of, you know, it's kind of a globe-trotting franchise. They go to several different places. They do. So have we this week. Let's talk I about really it, shall we? Prague. So uh, we went to this week, the United States of America. We were number 42 in Great Britain. We were in Canada. Yes. We charted in Spain, in Brazil, in Ireland, in Denmark, in Japan, cool. in Italy. Number 28 in Switzerland. Uh, wow. We were in Saudi Arabia, South Yay. Africa, India. Oh. Number 11 in Singapore. We were in Israel. We were in Ukraine. Number 31 in Ukraine. Wow. Uh, we were in Taiwan, Malaysia, the Czech Republic, number 32. Nigeria, number 17. Pakistan, number 12. Cool. And we left the light on for you. Number 5 in Sierra. Leo. Hey. 
It's getting a long list. It is, isn't it? It's almost a knock list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so on top of that, we're also appearing on a lot of stuff. So let's do a quick promo thing, shall we? Yeah, do. Uh, Last week, we did Shrek. If you haven't catched Shrek, catch Shrek out. People Mm -hmm. were talking about Shrek. Um, We did Dr. Horrible sing-along blog as a see it or skip it. Uh, I won't bury the lead on that, but it was a lot of fun to do. That was Ellie, myself, and Georgia. Uh, we have later, as soon as we're done this, we're going to record our Nicole Kidman roundtable. Yeah. Top five. Well, just everybody else is doing the top five. We're doing our top ten, basically. Top ten, yeah. And just kind of running through her career and then giving the definitive BFE list. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, you know, how much is Griff going to be happy with the results of this? I don't know. Ethan and I, talk about being happy. Ethan yeah. and I were on Spy Hards this week. Yay. Yeah, we were. Speaking of a knock list as well. A knock list as well. One of the dinosaurs is missing. And we don't mean John Voight. No. <laughs> no. It was it was fun to it, be. It with was a them. lot of fun the to talk about. It was a lot yeah. of fun to talk about. There's little clips they've isolated. I was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, it's good times. <laughs> so definitely, and we we, we do uh, appreciate another transatlantic film review podcast. So we do appreciate the uh, the gimmick as well as uh, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Two people, a lot less elbow to get your voice heard. Very true. Yeah. I, see, that's the thing I really want is more of me on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, do, so do most of the listeners. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I think you're very much not true about that. Uh, Nick and Russ don't know anything. Liam, you and I kind of crashed it with Georgia. Yeah. And it became the Ian and Liam may not know everything. Yeah, that was great. I think the first 15 minutes of that episode especially oh, were very good. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. I hear the highest ratings they've ever got. Ever got. Just really? the first 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they got really sad and started drinking. People started tuning out. <laughs> tuning out. Just, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So no, but that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. We want to thank Nick and Russ for having us. We on do, the do. show Thank you. Uh, i'm gonna be on it goes down on in, in the pm later this week yeah. i think it's actually this is tuesday we released this the following monday uh, we're talking blockbuster movies so Ooh. i think we're talking about that and we're talking a little bit about um hidden figures Ooh. which i've not seen oh the movie yeah yeah viola davis oh i love that oh. film yeah i've not seen that so i'm looking forward to something I, I gotta watch it this week Ooh. so i can talk about that but i'm i'm, I'm excited julian's good peeps so when she yeah, sent out yeah. the invitation i was like absolutely and then uh, i've also got a schedule lined up in the next couple of weeks i'm gonna be on thief's monthly movie loot Ooh, Ooh, top nice. of there too so like it's a lot of it's summertime it is a time for movies and it is we're in high demand so thank you anybody yeah, out there thank you. and that includes people listening whether it's your first time or your 69th time listen to a full review here hey. we want to say thank you very much yeah uh, so it's just uh, i mean it's your old catchphrase i don't want to steal it but we, we we thought there'd be three people we did and it's we more did. it's we more did. than that yeah, so there yeah. we go uh, i'd so, like to know how many listeners out there actually listen to the whole lot well, we used to do a keyword at the end. Maybe we'll start doing that again. Yeah. So, Liam, that can be your thing. Think of a word keyword. related to the movie. You can't, just pick a, <laughs> you can't just pick a random word. It's got some sort of relation to the movie, all right? Okay, yep. No and it'll worries. be our sort of attendance check, engagement check, if you will. When we were teaching... I think it should be a random word. Oh, man. Okay, well, I'll let you do something. I kind of like the idea if it's somewhat related to the film. Like, it's a pretty broad spectrum of oh, words okay, you can talk okay. about. <laughs> but we, we used to have to do, when we were doing the, engage, uh, the, the, the remote teaching for students who were at home, we would have to kind of make sure they were doing something so we knew they, they were just logged on and they were actually there. Yeah, so yeah. you can be that. You can be a teacher in this case. Okay. I there we go. Hey, who thought maybe Mr. Mr. Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Do they Liam. not just all text their friends to say what the... Oh, you can, you can tell is. when I'm like, yeah, I've just booted so-and-so and all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm, I'm back. And I'm like, yeah, your friends didn't tell you that, I'm sure. 
I'm like, I've been asking where you are for five minutes. So no, no, you're done. Uh, so let's talk about some reflections and corrections. Let's start with Julene. Yeah. Who for our Shrek episode, it's a great episode, guys. Oh. Shrek is by far, Shrek 1 is by far the best movie out of the whole franchise. It was so funny. I definitely missed the Prince's Alone time with the <laughs> with the slight camping trip that was going on yeah. there. Yes. So good. There was a bonfire burning there. Russell the Posty found some technical goofs and we retweeted them out. So if you want to see some of the, the, the mistakes made, in, not, not not the podcast. We, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we bring those up, yeah, but he, some of the Shrek ones where like his like his skin disappears and stuff like that. Yeah. Go check that out. It's on at Best Film Her Pod. Just go ahead and just scroll. Uh, Dwayne Smith brought back my favorite Dwayne hashtag. Smith! Oh, that's good. Yes, George is here. Hashtag Ian is always right uh, regarding Shrek. He says it is a good film. Hashtag the voice of reason. Just saying. Yeah. Julie, have done the chair, Liam. Julene then followed up with hashtag Ian is always right. Uh, Russell the Post, he went, I thought eight out of ten, which is still a great score, was spot on for this. I thought you, as in me, were harsher on Paddington, to be honest. See, here's the thing, though. I was ready for Star Wars people to get mad. I was not anticipating no, Shrek, Shrek people, people to get yeah. mad. You would be surprised. You would have thought I was an ogre. You well, <laughs> how dare you change my mind? I know. There was, I mean, there was a thing where some people, and it wasn't just one, but there was, who were like kind of upset. So a week later, Liam, yeah, do you have any poor feelings or, or resentment that I sort of talked you? I presented my case, and then you lowered your score. I don't want to say I talked you into an eight. I'm leaving the podcast as of now. <laughs> That's, that's how it's and that's why we have Ethan in studio today. So <laughs> it's a seamless transition. No, no, not at all. Ethan, no, not at all. No, Ethan, just say the flippity flip flop and see if it oh. catches on. You have to get you have to get used to that. Yeah, see, this is pretty much what. Yeah. that's what, it's what you bring. Oh, to it. Oh, no, more in, more enthusiasm. Need a bit and more. And you have to hit the P. Oomph. The flippity flip flop. Uh, a little bit there, a little bit Sold. there. We're working on it. So, <laughs> so, so as you will, Liam, it's been a good run. Then we had. Oh, I'm so, I'm so apologize to whoever this is. Um, oh, I wish I knew who this was, uh, but I have your quote. So let me know that I missed you, and I'll, I'll make myself a mistake next week. Uh, someone said, "Were I scoring these films, I would definitely score similarly to Ian, a smart person, whoever this is. Uh, though I would be harsher on Shrek and give it a seven and a half. I would save my nines and nine and a half for things like The Dark Knight and Back to the Future." Mm-hmm. Mm. And Can then anybody de- see this podcast being just Ian? Like in no, no, I don't want that. <laughs> be just I need someone to bounce off. <laughs> That's our rotating panel of friends. It's all good. Um, just get a trampoline. There we go. <laughs> uh, Dan Mackle said, I thought you were pretty fair, Ian, unlike when, uh, never mind, you know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I think Shrek, I was thinking about this a lot this weekend, and I think it's the idea that I guess if you're between the ages of, I would guess, 25 and 32, Oh, that's me. Shrek, Shrek hits that sweet spot yeah. where you go, this is my childhood. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Because people were really upset kind of going, how can you grade a children's film? And I'm, I'm, I'm like, no, because we are still rating it in the great pantheon, comparing films to films. This is what we do. It's a bit like us and, with Goonies, isn't yes, it? Yes, and there's lots of podcasts yeah. out there, but if you want to listen to spy movies, hey, our friends at Spy Hards do that. If you want to listen to Disney, we've got the talk in the Mickey, or our friends over at Defining Disney, they do a good job too. Yep. And people have these niches where they go within the realm of what they do, but our thing from minute one was let's compare these disparate films on one platform, yep, yep. and then what does that mean? So exactly. that's, that's just our thing. I get a bit carried away, and you know, you're right. Ian's always right. <laughs> Again, yeah. make a good t-shirt. A, it would, it would make a good I think we need to start a hashtag for Ellie is always right. Oh, jeez. I mean, Paul and Griff won't use that. We would probably sell more shirts. Than there, we'd probably sell more shirts than there'd be actual instances of that happening. <laughs> uh, maybe we should have Liam has left the building. Liam has left the building. <laughs> on that note, on that note uh, Ethan, tell us about the t-shirts a bit. Yeah, so... 
Three weeks ago, we said we'd have t-shirts. Teespring had a bit of an issue because of COVID. The pricings are a bit strange. I finally got back in contact with them after waiting a long time, and they've just said it's a website issue. So basically, when you go to the website, they should be about 22 to $21 uh, and 22 to 21 euros, so pounds for us, depending which uh, kind you have. We have two t-shirts. One's a comfy, one's a more of a grip fit i think and they're just uh best film ever friend of the podcast and they come in a variety of colors and i must say the quality is very very nice i I will be dressed in a comfy fit (laughs) i will be i can see you in the grip fit yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll go for a grip fit i will be be in a comfy that's okay maybe we got lots of ideas and i have just totally said to ethan no more than two hours ago you have just run with it whatever you want to put up there put up there we're gonna have oh that's dangerous I, I, trust me, he's already got a few ideas from me where I'm yeah. like, I want this, I want this, I want this. So. Do they have bottle openers? Because I'd like a. They do have that as an option. So wow, yeah, there we go. I might do oh. some, some designs. Because we do we, like a drink we do, as don't we. we yeah. uh, and it doesn't have to be alcoholic, but we like a beverage by our side. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes our so cup. Lestat, sometimes does. our cup runneth over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lestat. Lestat got a hold of me and went. Yeah, go on. He went, just so you know, Ian. Um, when I did send you that video of the beer opening, it did overflow all over the sink. And, <laughs> and, and, and I might have gone, yeah, Liam told me weeks ago. I just haven't brought it up on the pod. <laughs> He's not happy. <laughs> so, there we go. so let's continue on with some more things. Uh, Lestat, as it would be, from uh, How Not the Summons. Says, Shrek is bad, always has been, always will be. Ooh, I suggested oh. he's a troll. So there we go. Uh, 50 Years of Music. One of their co-hosts, Jeff Simons, played on the Shrek 2 soundtrack. Oh, wow. that's cool. That is very cool. If that's we ever get around to Shrek 2, I think an invite needs to happen yeah. there. Yeah. Because I, I, I'd very much like to like, like, like to hear about that. The soundtracks are great. Yeah, they are great in this. Yeah, yeah. And so I put out a poll. Go I on. suggested, I think, by Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith! Thank you. Where he went, I think a poll's needed. Um, do you know, I did that, that quite well. That was quite I? good. Yeah. You you had he said, he said, I think a poll's needed because I think Ian's always right. And you're yeah. like, Hashtag the voice of reason. Shame so, he didn't deserve the shout out. So, so I put yeah, out there to the public, I went... Was he in too harsh on Shrek? Very similar to Paddington, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I went, a no, not too harsh, which made me a quote all star, or yes, too harsh, which made me an ogre. Oh. Early, I was like eighty percent all star, and then it, as the week went on, it very much came back <laughs> up. So as of yesterday, it was fifty four percent ogre. But at close of play, I can officially say 55% all-star. Ian is always right. I was going to say, did Ethan uh, hashtag the uh, Shrek Foundation? I did. I did. (laughs) Coralina this time. I really tried. I was so tempted to vote myself. Because it was on 50-50 for the longest time. I'm like, so I wasn't sure if anybody else had. Did you vote in this, Ethan? No. So I could see people, like someone within the group going, yeah, I'm going to vote no on him. (laughs) So according to this, I mean, by, by a margin, but still. Ian is always right. Still, mm. still. Are we allowed to say that we voted that you were an all star and actually we clicked the wrong button and you're an ogre? No, no, you're not allowed to do that. That didn't happen. Uh, I set up security measures. Uh, on, I didn't get done. to vote. <laughs> That's our point is that none of us voted. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I literally just went, I'm just glad that no one voted. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm literally off the grid. You know? You I, are, you're not I, on Twitter. I, uh, no. People want you on Twitter. Oh. Everybody's involved in the conversations yeah. now. <laughs> So, um, I promise I will. I don't know, on the, Ethan, I don't want to talk too long because we're, we're, we're not running short necessarily. Yeah. But the, the Guardian ran a pretty big trash piece on Shrek this week. Yeah, yeah, I, I shared that one. It's it's a hell of a thing. They just they just are trying to be like 
contrarian for contrarian's yeah. sake. Just, oh, it's so bad. The jokes aren't funny. The animation's really bad. It's a 2001 film. And, any, yeah, and anybody who trashes on the legacy it creates, which is we did have a lot of crap stuff in the 2000s that mm. Shrek sort of inspired. That's not Shrek's fault. You can't no, hang no. that at Shrek's door. No, no. No. So, um, yeah, I think I'm kind of with you on that. I think the Independent ran, ran a very pro-Shrek yeah, piece they this were week, like, too. Look at the good thing Shrek's yeah. done and like what it's yeah. meant for cinema, especially for like DreamWorks, because they've made yeah. great films because of the success of that. If you say so. <laughs> no, I, I haven't seen like any of them oh, I, I saw Kong, the follow up I saw yeah. Shark Tale and went I'm done oh Kung Fu Panda <laughs> I hear Kung Fu Panda's good yeah. I had a media class once we were 50-50 about what was the better film and I kid you not ready for this yeah. Kung Fu Panda Dark Knight Ooh. You know what? Oh, give me a break. We're not <laughs> doing this. Listen, I'm taking George's seat, so I got a hate back oh, this time. But going through Panther, Jack Black, you don't Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale, absolutely. <laughs> I feel well, like I we need see, to do Kung Fu Panda actually, on the pod now. I want yeah. those flipped. I want to see Christian Bale do the Kung Fu Panda role, and I want Jack Black as Black Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Both do have Gary Oldman's. So. Yeah, no, oh, there no, we no, go. No, 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 no. So uh, I do have one thing I need to do here, which is... There's a mistake the made. You're awfully presumptuous as me. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> uh, we did. Hashtag Ian is not always right. Uh, he is always right. Uh, we hey. did. We did hey. a theater skip on Doctor Horrible, and I mistakenly said that uh, Neil Patrick Harris has hosted the Tonys twice. He's in fact a four-time Tony He's host. Oh, yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty much four on the four on the trot. I believe. I'm going to say I believe that way. If I'm wrong, don't at me. I'm okay. And I caught myself on that one. Tony so. tends to do like montagey things. Well, everyone at the opening, you have to do yeah, a big opening. It's, yeah. it's the Tonys. You can't not do a yeah. big a big like opening number. I was going to say he did jazz. one with. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda one year as well. Oh, did he? Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and let's just let's drop some names ourselves. So here we go. We got a few of them. We got the Drinking and Dishing podcast. We got Griff, who I got a hold of because Moulin Rouge was trending because the stage show is coming out now. People oh, are I trying to get tickets. Hey. Oh, I would. Can we so... go? Can we go? Can we go? Can we yes, go? Yes, we're going. Uh, we can go as soon as like it becomes like, like yeah. right now. It's only Hamilton has had this level of hype that uh, I can remember. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, eventually, yeah, we can go. Can we go with Paul and Griff? <laughs> I'd be more up for meeting Danny and Drew from It's a Musical Podcast yeah. down there and having a meet up there. And we could like review it after the fact and just oh, do like a crossover. Yeah, right. Danny and Drew, that is our invitation. Griff, you can come on down. Yeah, Why not join us? Down. We could try and do it at the theater cafe because they always do stuff. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, the I'll, sm- so I'll smuggle the mixer in and we'll see what we can do <laughs> we there. Can do we can do this. Uh, we, we may have to do a little bit more low tech, but we'll first see if we can figure that out. That would be great. Um, Spy Hards, uh, for having us over one of our dinosaurs is missing. Go check that out. Uh, it's a musical set about our Moulin Rouge episode just because it was trending. Said it was spectacular. Spectacular! I wish I could go back and listen for the very first time. Aww. They can't do it, folks. But if you haven't, you can go you check can. out the archives. <laughs> Best film of her part. Nice. Oh, Thank you. How cool is I know. That? Uh, Carlo, who says Moulin Rouge is excellent, and we're totally in agreement. Yeah, we and are. we are doing our Nicole Kidman, you know, real roundtable next. I have a feeling. Ooh. I have a feeling Moulin Rouge will probably appear there. No, I think so. Possibly. Uh, Debbie, of course. Thanks a lot, Debbie, for yeah. all the support. Uh, Julene wants a Stanley Kubrick film. Uh, I imagine we'll talk about a Stanley Kubrick film. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the in the Nicole Kidman one for sure. Mm-hmm. I got oh, some yes. notes on it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we will. <laughs> uh, Baz, new listener, Baz said, being based in Australia, I love it when they claim actors or artists as their own, and they get to point out they weren't really actually born in Australia because Nicole Kidman born in the United States. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh. 
Uh, also, yes. Mel, Gibson, Mel Gibson, not born in Australia. Yeah, yeah, and Russell Crowe, not born in Australia. Yeah, he's from yeah. New Zealand. In New Zealand. Yep. Uh, Want to give a big shout out to Bradley, who actually um, inspired me to go check out a movie I wouldn't have checked out for the Nicole Kidman one. And I'll leave that to, for the, for oh, okay. the after mm. Quite impressed with that. Uh, M from Verbal Diorama, who called me a gem. Oh, that's quite nice. You're a diamond in the rough. I think I'm a gem. I think I shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> uh, M and gem rhyme. M and gem well. do rhyme. Gem at verbal diorama. Uh, Dan Mackelt had some. Uh, we want to give him love for giving us the voiceover for Ian and Liam may not know everything. Yeah, that sounded good. It's that a shame was that great. Hopefully they hang on to that for if we ever do any future appearances yeah, in the show. That'd, that'd be, be great. Brilliant. Uh, he and I talked a little wrestling, and he's still angry as we said over Empire Strikes Back. Uh, <laughs> Alex from Main Street Finance for all the love. Deborah. Maria Ramos for all the love. The Film Effect podcast who have just concluded McConaume. Uh, they did How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I liked it. They kind of trashed it a yeah. bit. And I'm not here to say it's a great movie. No. I'm here to say it's a fun, fun little movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie. I mean, if I had to put a rating on it, like, it, it, there's no way it scores like above a seven. Like, I know no. what it is. It's got warts, but yeah, it's a yeah, fun yeah. way to spend a couple hours. It's a six for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so then we've got uh, Ashley, who is a self-professed kid maniac and has her vote Ooh. in for next for the thing. So that'll be good. Civics and Coffee film floggers said, cheers, you bunch of all stars. We really should follow suit with our own episode, considering the striking Fiona resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> Comparing their Fiona to Fiona from Shrek. Oh. Oh, ben from film, no, Ben from Film Floggers is a must follow. If you're out there and you're like, you guys name drop a lot of people. If you want to laugh, Ben from Film Floggers is great. <laughs> if Fiona ever gets Twitter, this guy is dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Aww. Open World Show, a video game podcast, said BFE are like cake. Layers and everyone likes them. Much better than onions. Be sure to give them a listen. Aww. Thanks so much, guys. Aww. They have the best analogies was, for us. That's that's sorry. That was Open World Show. They're a video game podcast. Aww. Uh, friend of the podcast. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I said Carlo, what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, my favorite friend of the podcast. I was. <laughs> that was a premature evacuation, is what that was. That was, that was, that was good. Oh, she's Go on, take two. Friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith! <laughs> so thanks a lot. After all that, it was Dwayne It anyway. was Dwayne Smith. Oh, I, just, I just heard him start, so I just stared at him. Uh, Ray from Not Before Coffee. She's great. Uh, the Real Film Shady. Hermes from The Scuttlebutt. The effing nerds. I love the effing nerds. Yeah, great. The Cage Fighting Pod. Guys, I want to let you know I get the Orange Cassidy reference. No one else here knows what that means, but no I idea. get it. So there we go. New listener Caleb, the So Wizard hey, Pod Caleb. on Second Watch, who called us heroes for covering Shrek. Mm-hmm. Nice. Hey, not all heroes wear capes. That's all I'm saying yeah, here. It true. is what it is. It is. Uh, game for a movie. Thanks so much. Chance Widmore, the running educator who does great work. Uh, Ocho Jural Parlay Hour, your next favorite movie and Shoot the Flick, who I think I offended by taking a shot at Howard the Duck. <laughs> okay. I'm like, this is terrible. They went, no, it's good. It's got a cold following. No, it says George Lucas presents. That's a sign that things are going to be bad. You hear about Dan Mackelt? <laughs> Ooh. Ellie. That was bad. Ellie. Um, while, we're, while we're doing shout outs, just a little shout out to Sean, who contacted us on our Instagram this week as well. Um, hey, Sean. To, to send, it, send in some love and request that we do Lord of the Rings. Oh, I um, saw that, yeah. I'm sure we'll get around to that at some point. Oh, it's a long it's walk. On the poster. It's on the poster. Yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, Shrek, like, they walked it in like two and a half minutes. So that's what I'm talking about there. <laughs> I'm sure we will get to it. The list is long, though, it but we long. will. We will but get to it. we're here for the duration. We so are we... here for the duration, if we can stay awake for the movie. movie. <laughs> we have to at least get through that poster. <laughs> like, you have, a hard t- you have a hard time sometimes when things are exploding staying awake, Liam. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, the Ratchet Book Club, McGregor Movie Talk, Cage Rage for making me laugh. Because when Lee, uh, Ethan posted about The Guardian, he just responded with, I guess nobody told him the world was going to roll him. I went, funny, <laughs> funny stuff. Uh, Carlo, who thinks that when we do our second anniversary episode, there's only two options for us. Universal Studios, so we can do Back to the Future, mm-hmm. or Sierra Leone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know come on, pick? And I said, let's do both and take it on tour. I think right oh, now Boris isn't imagine. letting us go really anywhere. So <laughs> yeah, but this is like nearly BFE a year away. on tour. Can you remember? Well, can you imagine that? Speak Best tour ever. Yeah, we, we need some promo. And speaking of promo, and it's musical pod promo. is hard this week. Thanks a lot, Film Rage. They want some more horror wrecks. I'm sorry, guys. It just isn't our. It's, it's, not, it's not our wheelhouse. It's not our thing. I'm not opposed to it no. if, if if it calls for it. But I'm not going to go <laughs> out of my Halloween. It's more like Halloween. Gonna, yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to put a horror film. No. I'm just it's just not who I am and I think most people it's the same yeah, yeah, yeah. we sometimes I'm, do some thrillers thrillers that yeah. silence you know people thought that was kind of horror not me but people did so yeah, yeah. But I suppose I'm the one who's on here every so often but I'm the horror guy you are oh, the horror I guy. do the Disney book yeah you do the Disney podcast film shake uh, who I got talking about what's the greatest prepubescent performance by anyone in a movie ever so the greatest performance by a, a yet to hit puberty actor or actress Mm. They went with Haley Joel Osment from Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. I still love Macaulay Culkin at Home Alone. Oh, that's not, that's not <laughs> acting. <laughs> that's called just, can we just hit the time lapse and speed them up a bit? Great. <laughs> I'll be honest, Ellie, I have soft spot for Oh, my too. word. Ma- okay, what about ma- Abigail Breslin? Mine's Abigail Breslin for Little Miss Sunshine. I think she's. I've not seen that That scene yet. where she's crying saying, Daddy hates losers. I'm like, whoa. Well, what about Drew Barrymore in E.T.? Yeah, she's just a cute kid. No, it's interesting being a cute kid and like acting. Yeah, but she does. Act. Wait she, until you see. Cr- wait, wait until you see Abigail Breslin oh, okay, in Little okay. Sunshine. Okay, I'm trying to think of anybody else. I mean, Anna Paquin got nominated for something. What was she in? I'm trying to think of a couple. I just remember in True Blood. No, nah, it was, that it was kid who got nominated, who won an Oscar recently, and he was like seven or something no it's just another thing that you're making up no it was like so he did some i think it was some korean film or something oh i'll tell you he was good new zealand (laughs) (laughs) and how close they are in size to australia um empire of the sun christian bale i was in that yeah okay yeah he's the young kid in that oh he's good in that um we've also got uh what do we got here we got mcu and me who wished us because shrek i didn't really make a big deal of it was our hundredth piece of content we dropped really so we had 69 full reviews this is the 69 69 dudes but we've had a hundred pieces of content as of shrek it is kind of like yeah we'll make a big deal when we hit episode 100 full reviews but it's cool to say we've had 100 pieces so lestat said congrats you glorious bastards uh it's a cracking job 100 reviews i can't review any more places although i would if i could uh fashion grunge gave us a congrats they're almost at their century so well done to you guys uh ketriel put something out to david said these mofos love movies shows and it bleeds through in their episodes i felt like i was at a bar with some friends which is basically how we started the pod it was we were having these conversations and i just kind of went we we weren't in a bar though no we we are a cinema or or in a social club or a social club which which for people who aren't in uh the uk a social club is closer to a pub than it is to a bar yeah yeah, yeah. it's not really that pubbish either but it's closer yeah Yeah. uh, but we we, we were having conversations about movies and so we just decided to turn some mics on 
and then obviously record it as well. Uh, <laughs> Nicole from Drinking and Dishing sent a message. I can't believe I've never left you a review because you're one of my faves. Going to do it now. And she didn't lie. We got this. Best film ever <laughs> is the best podcast ever. I can't stress enough how great this podcast is. The hosts provide great content and just vibe together so well. I like hearing opinions, other opinions on movies I've seen before. And I feel like I need to watch the ones they've reviewed that I haven't seen because I want to listen to them all. 10 out of 10 recommend. Oh, Aww, we love that's you. Lovely. And we yeah. put that out there and we all went, Thank hey, it's you. amazing. And so, like, if you're out there and you haven't, I'd first like to go, do us a solid. If, if you like it, go ahead and, and just sort of put it up there. It helps with the if algorithm. If you don't like it, please mm. don't. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it helps with the algorithm for <laughs> yeah. things like, you know, the, the the charts every week and things like that. But more importantly, it just kind of makes us happy. So if you're there going, hey, I wish I could. Yes. If there's some way I can let them know, just go ahead and just on the on the device of your choosing, just go ahead and let us know. If you have Apple Podcasts, that's a great one for it us. It still just blows me away. All these people all over the world listening to us. Yeah. Give us so it, much love. It? I it love great. it. I really, really do. So it's so cool. That is. is that. So speaking of so cool, let's talk about Mission Impossible a bit, shall we? Yes, yeah. do this. So directed by Brian De Palma, which I totally forgot about. Me too. Brian yeah. De Palma, Scarface, hey. right? Yeah. Yeah, Scarface. So Brian De Palma, like more so of a you know a, a, an 80s director you, you think of. Uh, I think that's why I was so surprised to see his name on this, because he is kind of Mr. 80s, at least Mr. 80s action, gritty kind of thing. But he hadn't done anything that big in a while. Yeah. And then um, then he does this. And then cinematography by Jack N. Green. I'll tell you this. I, I like the cinematography in this. There's a lot of really well done shots. I did wow. not remember. Because last time I saw this, I wasn't, I wasn't a film buff. I was just a guy who liked watching movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's been like super long since I've seen this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen this in the 21st century kind of a long time Ooh. yeah i think it's been yeah it's debatable it's debatable i'm the same yeah score by harry gregson williams and john powell for the stuff that was original so oh, not bad cool so this one's got a bit of a story to it so didn't let's... i see um in the credits danny elfman uh yeah you will i did didn't I? there's elements of that too it's all over the place so yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah 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 paramount pictures own the rights to the tv series mission impossible which was a spy series in the 60s great yeah. series never, I loved never it. seen it. my oh, mom loved it i used to watch reruns all the time as a kid oh really yeah it's great they tried for years to make a film version viable but they hadn't come up with a decent treatment tom cruise had been a fan of the show since he was young another reason that you and tom cruise are similar liam and he thought it would be a good idea for a film and so he chose mission impossible to be the inaugural uh, project for his new production company and talked Paramount into ponying up $70 million. Wow. If Tom Cruise puts his, like, he says, I'll, I'll commit to being in it. Yeah. He's, like, he's, he's the biggest movie star in the world. At this Didn't point. he produce it as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what well, I'm talking about. Yeah, it's his yeah, first yeah, film yeah. from his production yeah, yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ellie, something you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, was was the theme song from the series or from the film? That 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 is the the, the theme song that the series would have, and yeah, it goes yeah, through yeah, yeah. Okay. much like a Bond theme. It goes through different iterations for yeah, each film. Yeah, they yeah. they bring people on. So uh, Cruz and his producing partner Paula Wagner worked on a story with filmmaker Sidney Pollock for a few months while the actor hired De Palma to direct. They went through a couple of screenplay drafts that no one liked, including Steve Zellian. I only mentioned Steve Zellian because he was the second guy brought in after Joss Whedon to fix Twister. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd never heard his name. No. And now, like, two of the last three movies, it's, I'm like, it's weird, oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't mention this. Just thought I would. Shrek has destroyed all our records for, like, best first day has and best it? first week. Wow. Destroyed like a twister, you we, we have a very good Shrek, film. Though. Not twister, Shrek. So we, 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 have, we have a couple of... Yeah, we, we have a couple days to go still, and it's, it's already beaten the record. So wow. for the best first week. So yeah, we'll take that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, moving back on, though. Um, and so when the film was finally greenlit... 
Um, it was um, they, they brought Robert Town to be the lead writer and co-op being brought back later on. Uh, according to the director, the goal of the script was to constantly surprise the audience. Hmm. I'm not sure I was surprised. I, I guessed most of them. I feel they really... I'm curious to hear Ellie's perspective as we go through. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I really feel like they... It's not even a foreshadow. I feel they hit you over the head with what's going to happen in this yeah, movie. Yeah, they kind of tell you. Yeah. You, foresee, you foresee it, don't you? There was yeah. one bit that went, oh, but that was about it. Okay. Oh, no. Um, and so, uh, like we said, uh, reportedly, Co-op was paid a million dollars to rewrite the original script by two other writers. Uh, and according to a source, there are problems with dialogue and story development. However, the basic plot remained intact. And this feels like a Mission Impossible film, from my perspective, in that it's really based around three or four set pieces. Yeah. And we'll figure the story out as we go along. <laughs> as long as you put three action sequences in, people won't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the film went into pre-production without a script the filmmakers wanted to use. <laughs> to Palmer designed the action sequence but no one was satisfied with a story that would tie these together. Uh, Town ended up developing a beginning, middle, and end to hang story on while the Palmer and co-op worked on the plot. Not the script, the plot. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Palmer convinced Cruz set the first act of the film in Prague, and we'll talk about why in a moment. And studio executives wanted to keep the budget around 40 to 50, but Cruz wanted the big showy action piece that took it up towards 62 million. We know eventually it got to around 70 million. Yeah. Um, so the person responsible for directing more episodes of the original Mission Impossible with someone by the name of Reza Badi and he was invited by the head of Paramount to be present on the set to consult and to advise. Brian De Palma grabbed him and said, look, I love the original series, but this movie is going to be nothing like the TV show and if you show up, we're just both going to be unhappy. But Dayi went... I thank you for your honesty and left and never came back. <laughs> At least it was like, look, I'm not going to yeah, change yeah, my yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. going to be angry and I'm going to be angry. So let's just get that. Let's just not do it. Well, you can't rehash things, can you? You have no. to do things differently. And that's the thing. The value of Mission Impossible was two things. It was the name. Yeah. And it was really the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then outside of that, nothing of this resembles a Mission Impossible film. There are spies. And plus, Tom Cruise wanted to do different directors with different movies. Which is yes, part of the legacy the as it moves on, yeah. I would love for the original creator to watch, like, the most recent one and be like, oh, no. oh yeah, that's exactly that much. Uh, the filmmakers <laughs> delivered the film on time and under budget. Which wow. is a rarity in Hollywood. It is a rarity. Cruise did do most of his own stunts. Yeah, but there's a bit of... um. CGI. In there. A little bit. Yeah. there were rumors that Cruz and De Palma did not get along, <laughs> and these rumors were fueled when, the, when De Palma excused himself at the last moment from scheduled media interviews before the film's theatrical release. And as we found out, as you just said, he wouldn't be back for number two. No. It's a bit of a surprise. This is really well, but I think it's Cruz going, I'm the star. Yeah, but I also, I'm the reason. I also think at the time, Cruz wanted um, different... Well, no one knew this was going to be this sort of a franchise well, hit, but he, But he had in mind that he wanted it as a franchise. That's why he bought the rights to well, it. Well, I think it's clear that once he goes... Once two's a viable option, he just goes, fine, but I'm yeah. not bringing that guy back. No, but he wanted yeah. to do different directors for different genres. And when you're a producer, you can make that call. You can. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially so, it's your company, too. Uh, so, Ellie, you have not seen this, so I'll be very curious to get your no. perspective as... Is this, is this news to you that you hadn't seen this before, or? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, we start off with the Paramount logo, and we're in Kiev, and we meet Emilio Estevez. More on him later. I love Emilio Estevez. Yeah, me too. God, he was in it. I, I see. I, Sorry, I did. what now? Emilio Estevez. That was the. I'm taking George's role on. That was who, who was Emilio Estevez in this? He's the guy who runs the computers in the first act. Of the first bit, yeah. Oh yeah. With the headset. That's, that's, that's Coach Gordon yeah. Bombay from the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. yeah. He's also and, the brother. And from Breakfast Club, right? Oh, yes. 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 And he's also brother to Charlie Sheen. 
Yes, but if you want to yeah, hear... Oh, our... I know who Emilio Estevez is. I just oh, okay. didn't recognize him. If you want to hear oh. our review of The Breakfast Club, you can go back to, I think it's episode like 12 Eddie. or 8 Eddie or something like that. It, yeah. It's fairly early on, but it's uh, it's right up there. It was our most successful episode until very recently when it was passed back by Back to the Future. Yeah. Episode nice. 1. Wow. So, um, we meet Emilio Estevez, and thankfully he's here to tell us in this setup, this spy mission. He goes, we need a name. We need a name. <laughs> and thankfully he's here to tell us that when the, the, the guy who they're interrogating gives a name, we're going, oh, this is good. They've got their mission done. Uh, Episode 14. Yeah. (laughs) And then Tom wants to take his face off (laughs) to make a reference for an eligible film. I'm not being funny. It's like 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't wait. I I know, right? I love that movie. I love that it's going to be up for grabs. Three critics voted. I will absolutely trash it, but... I'll have a lot of fun doing it. But you say knew that was Tom Cruise, right? Pardon me? You say knew that was Tom Cruise. Oh, absolutely. That's okay then. Okay, so... This uh, this wasn't supposed to be one of those surprises, was it? No, I don't think so. That's okay. I didn't know it was Tom Cruise. Did you not? He takes his mask off. Oh, you mean like he takes his his mask mask off? Yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) And then uh, he gives a quick insulin shot to Claire, who I guess the guy who they're interrogating is supposed to think has died of a drug overdose, and it's his fault, and in his Mm. grief, they need to get this name out of him. Uh, and is there a chemistry in this opening sequence when he wakes her up? Yeah. It yes. felt very sexual. It did, didn't it? And at this point, like, nothing's happened. So this is your buddy's wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I say this because initially there was supposed to be a more sophisticated opening sequence that introduced a love triangle between Jim Phelps, Ethan, and Claire. Ah. It was removed because it took the test audience out of the genre, according to De Palma. I kind of think it might explain what happens later in the film. Yeah. A bit more, because it does feel like it happens out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then we get that, that famous theme. And the theme, it's uh, Lalo Schreffern's original theme from Mission Impossible. And this opening one isn't the one that's redone. This is like right out of a TV series. That's but the extended. same guy that did um, End of the Dragon. Is it? Yeah. Ooh. Originally, Alan Silvestri. He of Forrest Gump fame. Mm-hmm. He of uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah. And he of Avengers uh, was d- brought on to do the score. And he was fired. Wow. Oh. And replaced by Danny Elfman. Yeah. So according to some sources, Sylvester had written and recorded over 20 minutes of music, and the decision to replace him was made by producer Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. <laughs> this is where I, we're going to start a little segment called Tom Cruise is a douchebag. Hey, Tom <laughs> Cruise Didn't we start that segment in Days of Thunder? Yeah, I think we're continuing <laughs> it here because Tom Cruise just, he, he seems like he's a difficult man to work oh, with. I he's marketable. Do you think that's the Scientology in him? <laughs> No, I just think he's a jerk. I think yeah, the yeah, a Scientologist yeah. is just... Well, you never heard Travolta was bad to work with? No. And Travolta's probably the most high-profile Scientologist. That's very true. He made Battlefield Earth. I didn't know that. I was going to say, we yeah. don't talk about that film, but <laughs> he made that one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was fi- he was fired during post-production, so Elfman only had a few weeks to compose and produce the score. He oh, did well. God. Yeah, he added a couple new themes, but for the most part, he borrowed a lot off Schrifrin's uh, theme called The Plot, which was part of a piece of music he'd written, and then added some more. Silvestri apparently just went, oh, I want this material anyway, and he recycled and used it for the score to Eraser. Oh, okay. That's Arnold, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. Arnold. Uh, and then Get we down! Meet, and we meet Jim Get Phelps, played by John Voight. <laughs> John Voight. Yes, again. Not the original Jim Phelps in the TV show. No. No. I I forgot he was in this again. Because <laughs> how long ago? He's on it. a plane. He's offered a movie. And he goes, no, no. And he goes, I prefer the theater. And he goes, well, how about some cinema from the Ukraine? Which seems to be the code word for here's where your next mission is. Yeah. It's kind of like Killing Eve, Ellie, actually, where she gets a postcard. Yeah. For where she's going next. It's just wherever the movie's going. You're like, okay, here's where you're at. And yeah, we find out the so. knock list has been stolen. 
and the producers cast John Voight as Jim Phelps because they thought no one would suspect him as a villain. And when we get to the point, Ellie, I'm curious when you started suspecting him, if you did. Let's wait until we get to <laughs> a little bit further along. The thing is, though, he played more villainous roles now. Yeah, but so at, people, at the time. At the time, yeah. See, I don't know who See, John Voight is. I, I don't he's know. He's, isn't, he like, isn't he Midnight Cowboy? Is that John Voight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cowboy, he was a big yeah. deal in the 80s. Yeah. He was a character actor in the 80s. I think he's also in Deliverance. Yes. With Burt Reynolds. Yes, you're right. He yeah. was. I'm sure of it. Ned I'm B, sure of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what is a knock list? Well, a knock list is when a spy is caught, the spy's home country will admit that person was a spy and he gets back by, you trade a spy for a spy. Yeah. Right? Or... You can either say, you know, non-official cover and you get disavowed by your country should you be captured, which means you'll basically be executed as an unauthorized spy. Mm. So if they don't vouch for you, you die. Yep. Um, thus, the list falling into the wrong hands could result in several, many spies being killed. The concern about the one that agents cover is this isn't just a fantasy concocted for a movie and there was actually like real life situations where this has occurred. Mm-hmm. So um, didn't they have a similar thing in a bond in a Bond movie about Yeah, it. it's the start of Skyfall. There's a yeah. list with a bunch of agents' yeah, yeah, identifications, yeah, yeah. which Silva then leaks yeah, yeah, through yeah. through time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Good job. Uh, instead, of, instead of a floppy disk, it's more like a hard drive. On that one. <laughs> yeah. So we found out there's going to be a theft of the second half. Only the first half has been stolen. And there's a guy called Galiston. And Galiston is a traitor. And uh, he's stolen the first half. And in the second half, we need photographic proof. And then he needs to be apprehended. And they're going through all the code files mm-hmm. and we get to sarah sarah played by Kristen scott thomas she I, was not in this film for long enough love Kristen <laughs> scott love thomas Chris, yeah me too i, I, me I too. think there's a reason for this though ellie which we'll, we'll talk about in a second but yeah she's great uh, she's great being four weddings at a funeral right yeah like, i love yeah, Kristen yeah. scott thomas um and she just continues to be awesome like she was in fleabag this year it was great um yes yeah she's an actress that goes under the radar she does but she's in, she was in the english patient so as much good. as i hate that yeah, film I it was critically like acclaimed it was, yeah, she wasn't right. the bad part of it no the script was yeah, yeah, yeah. um so but her her actual name is sarah davies her code name is sarah walker Sarah Walker. Yeah. <laughs> I happened to pause it right when it came on the screen and i was like well that's about the most crap cover your first name's the same yeah but i mean think about it logically right you're going to use your first name anyway. Yeah, but they didn't do it for anybody else. No, I know, but... We, you, Give the British girl the... It's hard for them to understand <laughs> accents well, in Britain. No. It's just like natural reaction, isn't it? If someone More calls name your name... Sarah! <laughs> no, but if someone calls your name, it's easier to, to react to than a different name, isn't it, all the time? Yes, <laughs> That's the job of being a spy, though. Yeah. yeah if, but, if answers to the wrong name is where you fail, spying's not well, for you. Yeah. <laughs> spying's not for me anyway, because I just... That's why like, James Bond always like says he's James Bond. He doesn't have to worry about any of this. No, true. Um, so... Um, and the then we find Walker, out there's, there's other Walker. really lazy like uh, exposition they go and then we have Jack played by Milo Estevez we know he can hack into any security system why would you say this like if it's his team he yeah, knows yeah, this he knows it, yeah. and, and your wife Claire <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't need to be introduced the audience might which yeah. is why we have this yeah. it's good to see you Liam you remember Ian the host of the podcast <laughs> do I so meet is the, he a friend of the podcast um, <laughs> meet the team meet the plan and we meet Ethan Hunt played by Tom Cruise and he's really good in this for he everything is. for all the bashing that I will do yeah, yeah, yeah. he's really good in he this is, and carries the film he does yeah. it's, although it's film. on screen mm-hmm. when you're looking at him and Emilio Estevez there's a reason for this I'm drawn to there's a reason for oh, this. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> you said just, that. I'm I did, go, yeah. First off, we just, I mean, Ellie's not here, unfortunately, but it's just great to have people in the same 
yes, room. Yes, she is. Yeah. Oh, Ellie's here, like, on the call, but Ellie's not here oh. in, in the physical space. I thought you got me and Georgia confused. No, 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 no. <laughs> so it's great to have people in the room again and watch movies together and do that sort of thing. It's my first time doing this on this on any podcast here as well. You mentioned That's that. That blew you me away. Yeah, we said see it or skip it. It's not This is first time called it the big leagues for a full review in person. Big leagues. (laughs) I think even has Debbie done one in house, or has Debbie always done one? Has Debbie always has she done? She's done one in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? I don't think she has. I don't think she's done one in house. No, no. I think she came over once. I think she came over once at one point. We'll we'll touch base on that. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. We're going through it, and Jim's introducing everybody, and it's very friendly banter, and everybody's at the table, except for the British girl, who can't remember her name. She's like, oh, you go stand in the corner and memorize your surname. Sarah, who had gone walking. Yeah, Sarah, who had gone walking. <laughs> it was the American president that Debbie was in the house for. Is it? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, Jim says, if I call abort, everybody walks away, and Sarah's still off to the side. And they're yeah. all, like, joking, like, throwing paper almost at each other, and I'm like, where's Sarah? Yeah. Like, like, there's no group shot. She's just a walk into the shot he just addresses the four of them and sarah's all the way i don't know she's getting coffee (laughs) yes ellie okay point one this if i call abort everybody abort that was that was the first one oh really you were you were this early okay yeah um and so I'm supposed to believe that prague is bad coffee now i say this as a north american who has emigrated now to, to europe the quality of coffee over here is fantastic. Oh, there is no need for like, oh, you bashing my wife's coffee. That was something that would happen in America. You can go no shortage of places and get excellent coffee in any part of Europe. Yeah. Even in the mm-hmm. 90s, I'm sure of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I failed to believe that Prague, which isn't like some run down, beat up city, but it's like one of the great cities of Europe. I have a hard time believing they couldn't get a decent cup of coffee. Exactly. How yeah. badly you can use a cafetiere is shocking. <laughs> <as that way>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we find out that uh, Jim went to the Drake Hotel in Chicago. That was definitely name dropped for us. Mm-hmm. We find out those glasses that transmit and they show us this with Kristen Scott Thomas. Oh, because I wasn't anyone. I bet you she's not even in the scene. I bet you they filmed her stuff afterwards. Yeah, and yeah. the next scene's immediately the last of us touching her face. <laughs> I went, well, so much for that idea. <laughs> so I have no idea why she was blocked over in the side and we never saw her in that group no. shot. That makes no sense. Unless she was sick one day, and they went, we'll just do a couple of pickup shots, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ethan Hunt's going to pretend to be Senator John Waltzer, obviously played by Cruz on the TV, Mm -hmm. because they have him. So, technically, he plays two roles in this. He does. He plays Ethan Hunt and Senator John Waltzer. Yep. And we get told, red light, green light. And it's like a piece of chewing gum, but don't make them... It's like positive and negative terminals. And don't chew it. Don't chew it. (laughs) Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on ya, <laughs> you. Which I loved. Then, yeah. I did. Uh, it's, it's, it's a line I remembered for 25 years. So there yeah. we are. And then ironic that he's chewing gum at the time. Yes, he's chewing gum at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should mention, we are doing this because it is the 25-year anniversary of Mission Impossible. God, I That is old. why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought it was... It's 96, 96. Right? that be... 25 years? F- no, it's 25 no, years. 25. That's how numbers work. Numbers. Now nah. numbers work. <laughs> I like this with finding me, Mark. Are you a 21st century birthday? Yeah, uh, is there a two at the start of yours? Sadly, wow. See, yeah. That's why you don't know what it is. See, we've oh, got used to carrying wow. over. I'm 21 <laughs> this year. What? I'm 21 this year. Wow, yeah. such a such a young millennium baby. So 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 is oh. Liam. To be oh, fair, I'm so there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just look at the year and be like, that's my age. Yeah. Oh, is it really? really? Oh, that's that easy for you then. Uh, and so uh, Ethan, not this Ethan, but Ethan Hunt is um, undercover. Ethan He's going to go undercover <laughs> as 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 a senator here. Uh, why Prague? Director Brian De Palma convinced Tom Cruise to set it in Prague because Prague hadn't really been seen in a Hollywood movie at the time, so it would make it unique. And would that be cheaper to film in Prague? I don't know. 
I would think would so. Would get more licensing in? Prague? I would think. It, I would think if you hadn't been featured that heavily, they might give you some tax benefits to come shoot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. And so we go to the night of the party, and the IMF have better video signal than I do with fiber optic broadband That's and a wired crazy Ethernet. Yeah, and that was back like in the four 90s. or five different transmitters. <laughs> I'm like, don't even talk to me about how the technology works in this film. Um, uh, Ethan sits on the cover as the secretary, and we're getting everything through his point of view shots of his glasses almost. We are Ethan Hunt. Uh, we have a view of Glitzen, and Hannah couldn't look any more like a spy if she wanted to. It's like nighttime, and she's these giant sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That may as well say, I'm a spy across it in like that, like mm-hmm. red dots that kind of you can get yeah. on like the Will I Am glasses. She's got her arm draped on like the banister, like looking out, being like so like conspicuous. Yeah. This lady has and not moved in 35 minutes. <laughs> oh, she, I'm going to talk about that that was ridiculous so uh then we have uh and she says that you know mark the suspect and her glasses are like infrared so she can kind of look like like the predator does in that movie with the predator in it what was that called predator that's it and so (laughs) but they spray the back of glitzen's head with this like yellow which is kind of cool yeah i was like all right fair enough um i love how it doesn't get like there's not even a little bit on her shoulder or anybody else it's just the back of his head and she does come up and she sees the senator i'm sorry um, kristen scott thomas sees ethan hunt and goes, hello, Senator, how are you? Oh, he's, like, he's over there. Over. Almost like, like a hook in her lip. So, she's, so I'm like, not that, not the most inconspicuous thing you've ever done, but all right. And so later, Senate. Hannah would go, you know, raise. I'm yeah. all in because yeah, I'm going yeah. something real dodge. <laughs> um, and so the thumbprint doesn't work at first. She tries to use her thumbprint to go on the door. And there's some Marines. And it's this weird thing where it's running through everybody who ever works in the U.S. government one at a time and showing you a thumbprint beside it, which feels like all those vi- like picture files would just slow down the system. Yeah. Especially in the 90s. Especially the 90s. So they come on out and they talk Microsoft a little bit. Word. And Tom, Tom Cruise buys some time by asking him, why are they playing clothes? Why aren't they in uniform? And then they start talking openly about um, Kristen Scott Thomas goes, wasn't there a guy named Jack in Europe? And he says, yes, uh, unreliable fella. Uh, constantly late and behind in his work and then he finally gets it to work and she gets cleared and the door's open he looks up because jack's on top of the elevator but they're riding in and he goes the date with sarah is definitely off why does tom cruise have the power to determine sarah's dating life yeah it's his rank i guess (laughs) all female agents must be approved by tom cruise was he with nicole kibben at this point he was he was was. Uh, this was weird (laughs) Uh, Glitzen's on the move. Oh, this is Hannah. Glitzen is on the move. <laughs> yeah. Which looked like if you had her just like, you know, Glitzen's on the move, guys. Like that would be less, yeah. that would be less Wouldn't it? conspicuous than it what was, happened here. It was. A oh, this was move. ridiculous. It was bad. Um, so Kristen Scott Thomas was more obvious when she was going, you know, yeah. hey, so it's just over here. You can, and no one noticed her. It was so strange. Uh, Jack can't make the elevator stop or the doors open and Phelps jumps in to override. He does. I'm looking at Ellie to see if this set off an alarm for you. I was a bit confused about what was happening. So Jack couldn't <laughs> so do no. his job because we're told so he can override any security anything, system. Anything. The He's person, the best of the best. The, guy, mm-hmm. the, the, the guy's voice on the airport told us this, you know, on mm-hmm. the video. And yet now he can't do it. And Jim Phelps is better at computers yeah. than Emilio. I, Jim Phelps was like I 70 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't suspect him for kind of wrongdoing at this point, but I did suspect 
I kind of suspected him generally, just not specifically about okay. this. But it was because of the whole abort thing. Yeah. Phelps has to do the override, and they open the doors because Galitzin's now coming down. They've already set up some spy cameras by where they think Galitzin's going to steal. Because there's only yeah. one computer in the whole place you can steal the knocklist from. Yeah. There's only one computer in each country, I guess, where you can yep. steal a knocklist. This was before the cloud. Yes. <laughs> and so they hide underneath the elevator. And as soon as they see him and they capture him on video, stealing the Oculus, we get that happy music. We go, oh, they've accomplished their mission. Yeah. Not quite. No. Uh, because everybody's ready to apprehend, and the elevator starts moving, and Jack can't stop it. And Jack and dies quicker, by quicker. getting, like, a spike through the head. Doesn't something drop from the ceiling? pretty brutal. It was, yeah. yeah. Like the spikes it's like the spikes that, like, yeah. stop, I guess, to slow it down, but yeah. that only works if you're not on top of it. That was gross. So, uh, yeah, it was gross. And so this is the point where you said, why are they so heavily featuring Emilio Estevez? Uh, so it's more of a shock when he dies. Uh, Think about this. Emilio Estevez. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emilio Estevez and Christian Scott Thomas are legitimate names in Hollywood. They are. Who was <laughs> banking on them to die in the first act? Exactly. Yeah. No one. Not me. No one. And even Next to John Voight and Tom Cruise, yeah. they're the biggest stars in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they, they, they thought it would have a big impact of his death. And actually, coincidence or not, this was Emilio Estevez's last appearance in a high-profile movie for many years to come. Oh, but he really became sad. a director. Yeah, he became a director, but I think also part of that's because he couldn't get work. Wait, what well, did Estevez direct? He's done some stuff, but it's like yeah, independent stuff. Independent um, stuff. Uh, so Jack is impaled, and we get man down, Ethan man down, and we built this city on backlighting. So um, th- there's a huge task for um, cinematographer Stephen Emberham and his crew, which was, how do you light Prague? So we can actually take advantage of how Prague looks. Beautiful city. Beautiful. Hard to light a whole city, so you can yeah. see it at night yeah. in the background. So uh, they actually had to do two miles of riverfront on either side of Prague's historic Charles Bridge to be backlit in order to best evoke an atmosphere of old Europe. Uh, it consumed two weeks before the 12-day shoot alongside the banks of the Vlatsa River, uh, and 11 generators were used to power hundreds of lights. And so impressive was the end result that amateur and professional Czech photographers appeared in droves eager to capture their city's nightscape as it had never been seen before. Wow. Are you with those? I totally would. Yeah. yeah. If, if they go up to King's Lynn yeah. to make Mission Impossible 8. <laughs> 17. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And they Using were like, the little suction things on the customs house. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 were <laughs> they were gonna light Lynn up. I would absolutely go out and take absolutely. some photos. Yeah. It's the perfect time to also do like advertising for the location. Yeah, absolutely. It's whatever you can do. Yeah. Uh, all these amateur rock bands are filming music videos around the, the area. Right, right, yeah. You've seen Mission Impossible 8? Come see where Tom Cruise punched a dog to stop the terrorists. <laughs> there you go. Um, much like Ethan's commentary, I've got, it continues to go wrong. So, <laughs> we find out the package is out in the open and we don't mean anything dodgy we just mean the no. knock list yeah. <laughs> uh, Phelps runs to the bridge Aww. and looks behind him and says I've got a shadow now of course we never see any of this no, no. so the question is how much do you believe that Phelps is alright do you have any reason to suspect him yet and so Ellie had sort of an antenna go up were you thrown off at this point still or did you believe that Phelps was legitimately in trouble I believed he was in trouble at okay. this point, yeah. So he's got a shadow, abort, and Ethan refuses to abort. Uh, Phelps calls for all audio communication to, to be stopped. So once you know, it's like all these, like, I'm like, you're hitting me in the head hard. Uh, Claire is in the car and looks confused at Ethan as he keeps running. Uh, there's some gunshots, and Jim's been shot, and we get it through the reception of his glasses as he falls in the river. And but again, falling in the river. I mean, there's no need for him to do that. Well, if you were shot, it makes people think out of sight of the mind. Because if, if it's a body, he comes back for you. Yeah, no, no, it just seemed odd. When I first watched it, I thought, okay, hang on, enough. this is a trigger for me. <laughs> trigger. Uh, 
And so Sarah doesn't hear Ethan's call to abort. Obviously, she's turned off her earpiece or whatever has happened. And yeah. she, we see Galitzin get pulled in, like, like uncharacteristically so. And then, you know, we find out he's been stabbed to be focusing on the, on the knife, but not on, not on who's got it. And then Claire appears to be blown up. Yeah. And um, we, you know, Ethan runs to the spot and sees um, Sarah, played by Kristen Scott Thomas, dying. And that's it. And uh, Dame, I don't know if she was Dame Kristen Scott Thomas. Apparently she's Dame Kristen Scott Thomas. I don't think she was then. No, No, not at that time. No, no. But she said of the role, I died on page 25, but I died in the arm of Tom Cruise. So it was worth it. Uh, (laughs) So there we go. So she likes him. Uh, according to Martin Landau, one of the original members of the cast of Mission Impossible, the TV series, in an earlier treatment, the original plan was to bring back the entire original cast of the TV series and to kill them off in the first act. That uh, must have been this. So oh, that would have been kind of like, that would, I'd, I'd like if, that. if their egos can handle it, yeah. that's a real emotional punch to see the entire team. It is. But to be fair, though, everyone would be flirting would be like really old. That's like what they do with 21 Jump Street 60. as well. Yeah, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been saying years on, wouldn't it? So much like it's going to happen when this uh, podcast ends. I've got my notes. Ethan runs away. <laughs> <laughs> he phones IMF, which is weird. Because IMF now is the International Monetary Fund. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's yeah. like this FBI kind of stand in, and calmly tells the operator of his team's all dead. And the guy on the other, and by calmly, I'm obviously being sarcastic on this. Yeah. And the guy on the other side is like way more concerned about, uh, are you all right? How are you doing? He's like, but the list's in the open. He's like, are you all right? He's yeah. like, shouldn't you be more concerned? Yeah. Turns out, no. Ethan is stunned that Keytrich is in Prague. He goes, you're in Prague. Mm. He's like, yeah, I'm eating an hour. He's like, why are you in Prague? And at which point I go, oh, that's a good point. Why is he in Prague? Because they're filming in Prague. Yeah, well, because <laughs> we need you to be there for the plot to happen. <laughs> and so we go to the lobster restaurant where we meet Kittrich, played by Henry, I think it's Cizerny. Uh I know him from a show called, apparently he's in like all the later Mission Impossibles as well. He shows up as a recurring character, which he is great. He's a very familiar oh, okay. face to me, but yeah. I, can't, I can't. He was in a show called Revenge, which was like Emily Van Camp, who was in. Oh. Have you seen that show? I've seen adverts for yeah, it. Yeah, he he's, in it he's so like much. the patriarch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I knew more of him. So I know him from these two things 15 years apart. Wow. Um, I had to study the scene so much because we're taught, like, this scene, as you'll go on to explain in a bit, about everything in the background you notice changing. And it's all about, like, you know, choreography and how you'd frame your shots. And this, this scene is perfect for that. Yeah, um, Kedrich is awfully cavalier, and Ethan blames himself. And Kedrich goes, "You don't blame yourself." He goes, "Well, who's left?" And he goes, "Well, I guess you're right." Yeah. Uh, Ethan wants to know why there was another team, and at this point, and they were really during the scene where everything goes wrong in the setup for it. We got lots of shots of other faces. This drunk guy, we got this guy and this woman also making out or dr- dancing drunkenly when he's trying to make out with Kristen Scott Thomas for his cover. Yeah. So the same techniques, and yet they're also in a secondary set of disguises around the restaurant. Yeah. And he says, "Why was there a second team?" And it finds out that you know, uh, during the sequence though, there's so many Dutch angles. Yeah. So if Tom Cruise is shown, it's a Dutch angle. And if it's a close one, Keytrich, it's from like right underneath his chin. It is. So he looks intimidating, and Tom Cruise looks like the world's gone, you know, wrong. Crazy. Yeah. So it's a really interesting I, set of shots. I usually hate Dutch angles, but this is du- I love this scene so much because it's so perfect, like with every single shot. But the Dutch angles work so well for this because I don't know what's going on either. So, I even, I even so like well. the close ups when they, when they do them. I'm not really a big fan of the close-ups when they do close-up of faces. All right, but I, I, I it worked really well. In okay, uh, and so we find out that there's a there's Max, an arms dealer, who has turned an IMF agent. They think it's Ethan doing job three one four. 
Uh, Ethan's family's gone from being poor to all of a sudden flush with cash. Um, he goes, Ethan, I can understand you're very upset. <laughs> great line. Keatrich, you've never seen me very upset. <laughs> <laughs> and the cinematography says it's great. And he mm. throws, he grabs the gum, he sticks it together, throws it to the lobster tank. Now, Kittridge isn't a field agent, so I don't blame him for not picking up what's about to happen. Yeah. But the entire time he's like swerving around in his seat, like trying to put his hand in his pocket, he'd notice something, I'm sure. So, like, we're told something. there's a whole second IMF team, yeah. and once they're introduced, they do <laughs> nothing. Nope. There's one you see, like, in, in the corner, staring at Cruz like, the entire They should all time. know what yeah. this gum is, and everyone's just like, exactly. what? His eyes even, like, going down to his pocket. Like, he's obviously looking to try and find the gum. Yep. And so uh, then we have. Uh, all, all the lobster tanks explode and this was Cruz's idea this whole scene there were 16 tons of water in all the tanks and there was a concern that when they detonated a lot of glass would fly around De Palma tried to tried to do this with a stuntman but it didn't look convincing and he asked Cruz if Cruz could do it so at one point Cruz didn't want to do this stunt wow wow and the stuntman did he uh Cruz did it despite the possibility he could have drowned it says in my notes mm. it didn't feel like it was that much water but maybe it's just me do you think it's just looks- so dated. And it does. Oh, I know. I love this. <laughs> it's so goofy. I don't expect it for this film. But this is the this is the second shot I think of in this movie. But do you think this is what sparks his interest to do his own stunts? Well, probably, yeah. Because he hasn't really done like too much action action stuff before no. this point. Like he'd done like Days of Thunder, but a lot of that's just in the car kind of. And I don't doubt that was him different. driving. Yeah. It's different anyway. It's probably yeah. just like a set as well, so they're just getting to... I mean, Top Gun, he's in a plane, but it's not... That's not him flying the plane. No, nah, so this Although is... Although they reckon that's him flying the plane in this the time. one. Yeah. yeah surprise me. Um, and so... Uh, the scene in which the water tank explodes and Hunt escapes was shot at two different locations. The tank explosion and Hunt jumping through the window were shot at Paramount Studios. Yeah. And the part where he runs into Prague, well, that was shot in Prague. Prague. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. King's Lynn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ethan goes to the safe house, and this film loved to dissolve. Like, a dissolve for everything. You called every dissolve, oh, yeah. yeah. After a second start, one. Like, numbering them. After a second one, I was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> I would call it. They're going to switch scenes. It's a dissolve. That's a bit like in Star Wars with the fades. The wipes. The yeah. wipes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... Etrich's voice is running through his heads, and Ethan's, I guess. You should have, like, this, this like, slight reverb on it. There's a thing called Job 314. Job 314. Job 314. Job and so the internet is a very small place in 1996 you can search the whole thing from this one place oh yeah well, it went big then was it i wish there was someone <laughs> here my age who knew about the internet because liam you have no idea what a usenet group is no Ethan, do you have any idea what a usenet group is the name i was in this weird point of time where like i had to use aol to get onto the internet yeah. so i had to use like all but i don't is that like a dial-up thing it was yeah. kind of like no yeah. i used that groups kind of what well, america online or yeah that would yeah. be that would be like an internet provider yeah, yeah. Okay. but um so it was kind of like halfway between a message board and an email oh okay. so could people so, talk to each other yes but it was like so this thing where we went alt dot was one of the first ones listed so it's like aim kind of like no it's not direct messaging no uh, it's like a communal thing but you would just go on post a thread and it would make an email chain other people could sort of respond oh, to okay. you i'm gonna sit back a bit because i have no idea what you're talking about so i remember <laughs> alt dot music dot oasis i remember yeah. that one i was like subscribed to that one as well as a couple other ones but the alt dot music dot oasis is one of the big ones is it kind of like what reddit is now but very simplified very of course, rudimentary like, reddit very rudimentary uh, reddit Yes, that's probably the best way to put it. 
And so uh, there's a Book of Job discussion group, which feels really specific. <laughs> it does. Like, I don't think I want to go, what's your hero book of the Bible? All right, make a group on that book only. <laughs> and that's your book. What if I want to talk about Luke? There's a different, there's a different book for a group for that. You can't speak about Luke in here. Luke like, is not welcome here. No. Now that would make sense because there's a Twitter for everything, but like, back then, the no. It'd be like alt.bible. <laughs> That book or something Let's like that. Let's talk about Matthew. Oh, no, we want to cover no. John today. So uh, he paraphrases some scripture and we run as he t- finds who he thinks Max is and sends it off and presents himself as Job. Mm. Uh, he's about to fall asleep and he hears Jim coming back and he's being guilted about not being there on the bridge. And he's like, all blood. Like, Ethan, Ethan, Ethan. Ellie, did you think this was real or do you think it was a dream? I was confused. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a dream. Well, it's because it was. I know no, why they do it. Oh, okay. I, I totally I get why they do it for later in the film when, with the reveal. Yeah. You could, you could do that, like, many other this ways, is I'm sure. But instead, it's Claire. And uh, he's suspicious because, you know, he has taken his face off before. So you could. how do you trust anybody's? Like, although, to be fair, like, you just grab their face and pull. Yeah. And if it doesn't come off, you're probably you. But he goes, man, man. He goes, I saw you blew up. She goes, no, no, I got out. You said abort. He goes, no, no, you abort, abort. 400, oh, 400, 4 a.m., 4 o'clock, 4, abort, abort. I'm like, fair enough. Can I just say, at this point, Ethan Hunt is not a very good spy. He's not a very good friend at this point. Because he drops the gun on her, turns his back on her completely, point the gun in a completely different direction, and then he points it back at her. I love, and I, love back at- I love in acting, man at, man at Tom Cruise. is some of my best Tom Cruises. Yeah, I like it's man at Tom Cruise. Screamy yeah. Tom Cruise is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> he is. And so he, he does the bit, so though, well. where he's like trying to like check her, and like he gives like... He, he gives a he gives a group. He he gives her her breasts some more support than a bra was yeah, doing at that point because he does do a little bit of cupping here. He does, yes, yeah. Uh, and like this is like, and then she's like, "What about Jim?" And he goes, "Wake up, Claire. Jim's <laughs> dead. dead. He's dead. They're <laughs> all dead." And I'm like, "This woman has just found out she's a widow." Yeah, <laughs> that's bereavement. Like, he, like he's like, "Why are you looking back here?" She went, four o'clock is the code." And yeah. we're like, "Yeah, he said that. He did." Yeah, uh, I thought. I didn't get the actress's name who plays this role. I'll have to look it up. I don't know. I don't think she's very good in general. I thought she was okay in the scene. Yeah, in, in that scene. I thought she was pretty good at being like... It's yeah, go ahead. Emmanuel Bayard. Okay, so there we go. I don't really know her from anything else. This is really all I knew her from. Her accent so, um, kind of like faded between different things, I thought. Because I, I was like, is she British? Is she not? It like really goes Nah, she's not points. British. She's, she's definitely... She goes at points. She's not French, is she? Is she? Uh, I did see earlier. Ellie, she can find out where she's from. It definitely says it very easily accessible. Okay. So while that's going on, um, there's a shot where he like lays on top of her. He does. And like, like this isn't like subtle at all. This is like, they're going to have sex in this movie. Yep. Which is weird because you've just said like, like Jim's supposed to be his hero. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, we already had the one scene earlier where he's like waking her up and like wearing almost nothing. And now there's this. Ellie, do we have a nationality? She is French. Oh, is she? Fair enough. I'll try and find the French translation for that. Uh, Ian's not all right, hashtag. Ian's not all right. Oh, there you go. (laughs) And I'm back on top. Here we go. (laughs) Ian doesn't always get it right, hashtag. Hashtag Ian doesn't always get it right. I can't wait for you to start using Twitter. Just for fun, I want to do this. Liam, what's a hashtag for? (laughs) 
That's that little gate thing, isn't it? <laughs> a little gate thing, yeah. <laughs> What's it do then? Uh, anyway, so the next day, uh, we have another dissolve, and Ethan's plan is he's going to get the knock list and hopes that the mole finds him. There's a message from Max, and Max wants to meet, and we get to see the meeting set up from Ethan's point of view. Like, we see him ask the guy for the, for the light, and then the light goes out, and then we have the car pull up, and he gets, and it's all from his point. I don't know why. Yeah. But then the, the, as a result, like, as the black shroud gets put over our head, and then we just take it off. Now we're no longer Ethan anymore. I now thought we're it outside. turned into the scarecrow then from Batman. From Batman. It, looked, <laughs> it was like a really rough looking. It wasn't. Well, it? I thought they were copying what they did earlier in the film when like he's dressed as the senator. So he's got the mask. Yeah. He had the glasses or like, something. Oh, or, yeah. So yeah. there'll be like a big reveal that when it comes off, he'll like be in yeah. some kind of mask and be like, actually, it's that would have been really, Ethan that would have been really Batman. handy actually for him to like go in disguise for this meeting. But yeah, but I thought yeah. like a running theme of the cinematography always being a POV when he's in disguise. Yeah. Ethan says he doesn't uh, communicate very well through a shroud, and uh, <laughs> we find out Max is actually Maxine, played by Vanessa Redgrave. I thought she's great. I she's like, really good in this. I like Vanessa Redgrave, yeah. Um, originally written for a man, which would make sense, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ethan gives up very quickly. He's not Job. And she says, you are somewhat of a paradox. And he goes, that depends. <laughs> I don't know what depends, <laughs> but yeah. he goes on, depends on whether you like a paradox, which was, a, I mean, some cute wordplay. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't this witty or funny in future ones. He's just more of like a super action star. After and, and he's very cool, calm, yeah. collected, smooth. Yeah. He don't shout so much. No, he's very, he's very charming, but like almost like he's, he's tough in almost a nerdy way in this. Yeah. I yeah. like, I like him in this one because he's very, his like shouty. Tom. I think this is my favorite Ethan Hunt. Yeah. You know, he's very, yep. yeah. Uh, she goes, he goes, I want to meet Job. And she goes, I don't know Job anymore than Job knows me. But uh, Ethan Hunt promises the real deal. I'm going to get the real knock list. Uh, she's like, I got a knock list. And it's literally got blood on the disc yep. as she holds it up. And he goes, that's fake. You're going to have, uh, you can have IMF agents here in any, any time now. So you better pack before you put it in. And they had, it's a peaceful day in Prague and numbers are going up on this device and it's like i guess higher means bad it was never really i don't yeah, know what would the numbers mean i don't know it didn't really make any sense no it? and it doesn't just go from 20 to like a thousand it has to go incrementally up and slowly yeah, yeah. And the more it goes up the more she gets the more worried it is yeah. i don't know what well, this is uh, so like the hard goes, drive heating up or something i don't know we can't enter the building yet to arrest them we're still at 99 like <laughs> like a, a floppy disk if i recall correctly was 1.44 megabytes I don't kilobytes I, at best. I guess one point four four megabytes for the whole yeah. thing, and I don't think it's got the ability to have like a program that like sends out a signal to all of you know IMF. Can you answer me one thing? Right, they were called floppy disks. Yes, they weren't floppy, but I remember the ones before. The bigger that ones were, were and it was a smaller version of it. Yeah. So for all you young people, this is the save icon on most. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. was, that actually used to be a physical thing we put I, into computers. I, I remember moment. floppy disks. Thank you. Ah, uh, good. good. Had floppy disks as well. I had a broken moment where my, my godson was like, Hey, what's the save icon doing near your computer? And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to punch you because I, I feel old. I never 20. used like a big, big floppy disk. I've never no, used one. Oh, in our school, we had one. I had the small, I've I, I seen them, but I've never used one. You had to stick it in and then pull this lever. Yeah, down. to lock it in place. It That's in a place. good point. Yeah. yeah. I had DOS and to play games, it was like five of them at really? once. It was, oh. Oh, it was awful. Cool. Did I just get all technical there? Yeah. Yeah, you. If so if you want to join Liam on his 1980s retro <laughs> technology podcast, 
<laughs> yeah, that's not going to take off. <laughs> Available on audio cassettes everywhere. <laughs> it's just him screaming Available in the floppy disks. Um, Get them from Retro Records and Toys. There we go. Retro Records and Toys. So, uh, Keytrich does show up in the hotel room and challenges, and the guy's like, we can just put, we can just take a lookout for him. And the guy, to be fair, Keytrich is like, what are you talking about? We've trained this guy to evade all these things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a really, I think it was for the guy in the audience going, well, who's going to go at the airport? I was like, oh, oh, I don't know if I need to be talked down for this, but anyway. No. Uh, back in the limo with Max, Ethan negotiates $10 million for safe delivery of the list. And a meet with Job. Yeah, a little bit higher than $10 million, Apple. Uh, had a $15 million promotion linked to the film that included a game, print ads, and television spot during uh, following featuring scenes from the TV show turned into the feature film, dealer, and in-theater promos, and placement of Apple personal computers in the film. I don't really see a lot of them. I didn't see a lot of Apple. No. I saw Diet Coke. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Apple had lost $740 million in that fiscal quarter. So they're looking to, I mean, imagine just Apple not making money. Wow. Yeah. yeah times change. Crazy. I think it was that time that Jobs used that so he could get full control of Apple. Yeah. And how did he get the name Apple away from the Beatles? Because there was no confusing. They're not making the same thing. So Apple Records is clearly a record company. They're not making records. So you can go ahead and do that. Oh, can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't just totally own the name Apple as far as for all products. Maybe now when they're a lot bigger than they are. Maybe, but yeah. back then, Apple was just a personal computer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and Apple Records were just records. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, there's no worry about cross. I could make, I think, like Apple. I probably couldn't now because if I said Apple Socks, they'd think it was like an iSock or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then we meet, uh, well, first off, Claire says she's in. And she says, you did it yourself. If I'm not dead, I'm with you. So I want to get the son of a bitch who did this to Jim. She went, Jim was my husband. I'm like, oh, we're restating who's who in this movie and how they're related. I want to get the son of a bitch who did this to him. Uh, and they go shopping for disavowed talent. It's nice that somehow Ethan has access to a database that has all the bad guys listed in it. Mm-hmm. It's nice that they didn't like cancel is like, so woman with the knock list puts that in everybody comes running ethan like logs into his like work email yeah and they're like yeah it's just ethan checking his email it's all right <laughs> don't worry about it um and here's all the bad guys in one directory and we meet luther played by ving rames and we meet krieger played by jean reno i love jean reno and i oh, love ving rames i love, I love ving rames he's my favorite uh, part of all of the films is he yeah. mm, no i like jean reno um he he was in a lot of films back then. Is Ving Rhames still with us? I know Michael yes. Clark Duncan's yeah, no, not, because the, the, the people do confuse. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ving Rhames is, and he stayed with the franchise. Yeah, he's oh, he's currently filming Seven. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Because Ving Rhames was everywhere in the late 90s, and yeah. then he wasn't around so much. No. No. But he stayed with, he stayed with the franchise. Good. But he's got, had his part bigger and bigger and bigger. Good. As time goes on. He's he very had, funny in this, and, and most things. Revival, and then he's he? like, he's funnier now. You know what he's great in, and he wasn't bald yet? Did you ever see Dave? Yeah. The Kevin Klein movie? Scotty Weaver. He's the big bodyguard in yeah. that, but he has like, like, like curly, like flat top. Wow. It like I, makes him look like not menacing at all. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Love, I think it's eligible. Love Dave. Yeah. Love Dave. Because um, Scorny Weaver wears a wig in that. Yep. Because yep. of uh, Aliens 3. That's yeah. right. Oh, was that at the same time? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, the producers cast Ving Rhames as Luther because they felt he was the opposite of what a hacker normally looks like. Yeah. Fully agree. Yeah, yeah, totally. Fully agree. However, he's saying things like, didn't they used to call you like the lone hacker or something like that? <laughs> and I'm like, don't use lame 90s no. like hacker references for Ving Rhames. 
Uh, and then uh, and Krieger, I, 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 I have seen Jean Reno in, in quite a few things, and I like Jean Reno. Leon. And he can do everything. He can. He can be a villain, or he can be a really sweet sidekick, or he can be. He was great in French Kiss. Yeah. See, I think about yeah. in Facebook because I can't think of him from anything. He was in this movie about two competitive divers. Oh. About oh. deep sea, who could go furthest down and set records, and yeah. he can't let it go, and it becomes an obsession for both of them, and he goes too far down, gets the bends, and has to die in the water. Ooh. And the guy tries to warn him, if you go any further, you're going to die. And he's like, no. And then sure enough, yeah, he does die. Wow. A really powerful film. Yeah, yeah. Into the Blue, Deep Blue, something like that. Not Deep Blue Sea, different film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the shock. Yeah. And LL Cool J in a parrot. Yeah. <laughs> I love that film. That's cute. Um, and so um, Luther's conflicted about whether he wants to do this or not, which shows really early on he's a good man. Yeah. Uh, and he wants a 686 prototype. And I remember having a 480. You need a, if you got a 386, you could run Windows. We had a 286 at one point. That only ran DOS. 386, 46, 586s. I remember when they were like, whoo, you got a 586? Whoo. Well, I love what he says, but I keep it. Yeah. <laughs> 686 thinking machines. Yeah, right. And he goes, but how are we going to get into Langley? And he goes, relax, Luther. It's much worse than you think. And we get, like, I love a heist movie. And this is where it feels like this for the second act. Yeah. And it's the idea about they have to get into this vault because it's the only place in America you get the vault list, uh, the knock list, I guess. Of course. And you need a six-digit access code and a retina scan and a double electric key card just to get in the vault. And they're not going to have any of that. <laughs> then there's three systems whenever a technician is out. You need the sound ones. You can't make noise. Temperature, so you can't get hot. There's a laser net, so you can't sneak in. And a pressure sensor in the floor. Yep. And any drop of condensation will set it off. Now, here's my question. You told me there was a temperature gauge, right? Yep. That is an ice-cold drink you've got in that room. Yes. Would that not have messed with the, with the temperature in the room? Straight away. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. I have a mm. lot of questions about that the uh, machine light room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then we go to the heist, and they get in as the fire department to fix the air conditioning in Sector 21, which they then trigger, and Luther is great Wouldn't at his you job. Have thought when you went in and go Sector 21? And then Sector 21 goes off. You'd be like, this is a bit fishy. Stand over there. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. This is Weird. like the most secure building in the world. Maybe we get a second opinion before yeah. we let you up. At the time, there's currently been a rogue agent, allegedly, yes. of Ethan Hunt, who's we can't, we can't because find of him. the Noclis. Yeah, because of a Noclis. That thing would be on like super quadruple check. <laughs> the next thing would be, you know, um, oh, I had it. Now I've lost it. Oh, so Luther can't. He's like, I can't do it unless I'm on site. They go, it's okay. It's okay. Apparently, on site means just outside. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or, I took that or, as meaning or he, or he can't hack there. into the knock list, but you can hack into the air conditioning unit. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's strange. Uh, Claire gets changed, and she's good to go after. I'm just going to call him the dweeb. I forget what his name was. <laughs> and she's able to walk around. Like, any lanyard system whatsoever, and their plan falls down. Yep. It's like low-budget Ray Romano. She looks like Rope? No, no, the, the dweeb. Oh, the dweeb is low-budget Ray Romano. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> um, random security guard figures it out, and Krieger wants to stab him. With a knife. And at this point, I'm going, Krieger's not a good guy. Oh Ellie, at what point do you realize Krieger's in on it? I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> uh, but what I did what I did notice was the bit where it was like Paddington. <laughs> Very well done, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise has zero body count. Krieger goes, we'll see. Claire pours poison in the coffee. To all average or less than average looking men, working in secure government facilities. If a super hot girl comes and sits down beside you... Really, really awkwardly close beside you. Something is up. It's not like what all of a sudden you look good today. Something is up. (laughs) She caresses you as well. And And just kind of smiles. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> lame. Yeah, a little bit of a, of a of a cliche, isn't it? Yeah. She puts a tracking device in the dweeb, and meanwhile, like you know, Jean Reno, Krieger, and Ethan are crawling through the the air vents, and they have this mirror device that I guess works because it duplicates the laser back onto itself. Yeah, that was. I'm not sure if that's necessarily how it works because surely the computer bits on the other side need to receive a signal. Yeah. You, I don't know. That seemed internal, didn't it? How it, it seemed. Just, it was like, how do we get rid of this? Well, do we have this magic doohickey? All right. <laughs> I'm glad you brought the magic doohickey because <laughs> the magic doohickey yes transferred the light into yep. this magic doohickey of exactly the right size to fit yes. that uh, that's going to be really hard to fit turns out really well, I happen to have I've got two I've always got two magic doohickeys 1995 again my question super is super easy <laughs> barely an inconvenience can we have a t-shirt with doohickey on us <laughs> if they have gone to the extent to laser grid this event yeah why is it so big that's a good point yeah <laughs> It doesn't have to be big enough to fit a man. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely doesn't. You could have like a grate, a metal grate over it. You'd have to like laser out and that would flow. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than have like, that's a great point. Rather than have like, like lasers, just like steel grate. Yeah. Like hardwired in. Like forget yeah. little screws, like welded mm-hmm. shut. Just that was like, a really clever little unscrewing machine. That was cool. Oh, I want oh, one the of these. Man, the, I think we both looked at each other like, that's cool. Yeah, that's that cool. cool. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we go to the heist part two. Tom checks his levels like he's doing a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Toast. Toast. (laughs) Toast, toast. Uh, he then descends to the floor and Jim Halpert gets his idea for a quiet place. (laughs) Because it's like dead. I would have loved, I did not see this in the cinema. I saw this on home and video. It was great having that silence, wasn't it? It was so good. Yeah. You know, it was. I felt very aware of my typing during that sequence. (laughs) All of us watching just stopped and yeah. like were transfixed. Yep. You do. It's a hell of a good scene. It is. Silence doesn't get used enough for effect in films. Mm. And so it's when it's done effectively, clever. especially when combined with the pure white look mm-hmm. of it, it, it becomes almost like a sterile environment, Yeah, which is great. And the pure white look was influenced by 2001, A Space Odyssey. I was going to say, well, I was like, gonna say exactly that. like the ending of 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Just I've never seen weird. it, actually. But uh, Julene, wherever you are, there is your Kubrick reference yeah, for the it's, episode. Yeah. It's, it's a film. It's an experience but this is great if this if they did the scene now there'd be music and yeah there'd be all the stuff like yeah wouldn't be the same or if it was a christopher nolan be so then the dweeb comes in back and they sort of pull him up a little bit past where he was and there's this great pardon the pun spy shot yeah, <laughs> where you're looking down from like Ethan's perspective, and it's like if this guy just looks up like like at all, if his peripheral vision just goes up a touch, you, you see him. I have an I have an argument over this because I think you feel a presence of someone when they're about. To be fair, he is feeling very nauseous. Oh, okay. So he's not uh, in his full. Uh, cap- he's okay. not in his yeah. regular yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Though. We we yeah. we never look up up. I look up. Mm, I'm, okay. just, I'm oh, just yeah. a very cautious guy. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just always paranoid Look that someone's going to jump on you. Yeah. Uh, Where I work, you have to be. <laughs> you <gotta listen> to <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's scared to live in bejesus out of me today. So, uh, the dweeb, uh, Ralph's, which is Canadian, I think, for pukes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he, he spews chunks, as Wayne chunks. Campbell might say. <laughs> on, uh, I put, Life. he voms in a bin. Voms, that's oh. very British, he voms. Yeah. Uh, and we're back on with our mission, uh, because he runs out of the room, the dweeb that is. Luther sees that it's the knock list, because Cruz is wearing his glasses. Why does Cruz have to wear his glasses for this, so Luther can see? Maybe. Just to give a little bit of extra suspense. Yeah. There's no real the reason for him wearing this. No. 
but um, we, we see him going, oh, the knock list. I mean, okay, Luthor's a good man. He doesn't really want this to get out there. Krieger is a rat, and rats know their own, because here comes another rat behind him. Uh, and he, he, why doesn't the knock list set off an alert for when it's being downloaded? You'd think, you would, wouldn't you? If it's that piece of thing, you could go, anytime it's accessed, moved, copied, downloaded, yeah, it's down to one computer, but still have it register. Like, you yeah. need two people to set off nuclear codes, right? Have to do it simultaneously. You should need to have two people in the room to download the knock list. And am I right in thinking that phones are monitored for certain keywords? Is that right? What do you mean, like, like, uh, like wires are tapped and things like that? Yeah, so you know, if you say a word, it, uh, th- that is, it's never been confirmed, but uh, that is but, a, a working theory. Yes. So you'd have the same sort of thing on this knock list, wouldn't you? Well, I think the minute that's being downloaded, like you, you, you can being... find you can find a file and just like make it like undownloadable. Yeah, that might be what I would do. Yeah. There's no reason they that it has to... to be downloaded onto a floppy disk. No, they need to use that in a lot more films, and the bad guys would get away with. They get away with it. Um, why is there not CCTV in the most like heavily fortified yeah. special? That's a great question room? too. Yeah. Like if you've gone to all these other things, yeah. what's? Well, we've already got these things like a, a, a camera. Like, you, know, <laughs> you install that for like fifty bucks. <laughs> Done. Well, Tom, you weren't thinking there, were you? Like somehow okay. his signal can get out from his glasses. His signal gets from his glasses to Luther's truck. Yeah, yeah. but they can't put like a regular camera up there and hardwire it out. Yes. You're in a point where, like, we're going to have special plates. Yeah. So, like, even a drop yep. will get it. But no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> the rat scares Kruger and uh, Krieger, sorry, and Ethan is thrown to the floor. And it's that great bit where he stops just before he gets there and he sort of moves things around. During the filming, his weight was d- uh, distributed unevenly and he kept hitting his head on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. That like, explains everything. I did think that when I was looking at that scene, like surely he wouldn't have landed quite that. So in order to stay level, he put British pound coins in his shoes to act as counterweights. Oh, that's cool. That's really clever, actually, I thought. Clever, yeah. Yeah. Um, the condensation comes off as... And I'll tell you what, you're watching that bead. Like, this you is are. the difference between Mission Impossible 1 and Mission Impossible like, 7. Mission <laughs> Impossible 1, we're all just transfixed watching this one bead of sweat yeah. come down his glass lens. Number 7, he's like hanging onto the side of a plane as it takes off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something lost in the nuance, there I is, think. Um, and so the dweeb comes back to the, the, the room, and the rat, if you noticed, in the background of a shot of Krieger is dead. So Krieger has oh. killed this rat off camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's laying there dead now. Uh, they haul Ethan up. Uh, he, he, Luther is going, toast, toast. What is the point of this? It doesn't override the noise? I, I there's know. a lot of points where I'm thinking, you're making too much noise. Yeah. But the rattling the entire time. Yeah. That yeah. frame is just constantly climbing. because the way he's got it moved and he's holding on to it he's using the the side of the grate yeah. almost as yeah. like uh almost like a lever or like, or like a, or like a pivot point so mm. it's going to grind the whole way because yeah. he, he's not strong enough like i'll tell you this much krieger is like the most diversely skilled person in the history of the imf because he can do everything yeah yep yeah so um um, Krieger goes messy and he draw- he's not just naming his favorite footballers he's <laughs> saying it wasn't a smooth run and his knife falls and you watch it fall in slow motion and just as it's about to hit the table the door opens so all the sensors deactivate which was clever I thought <laughs> was yeah. was. I, was, I was on my seat for that but now you said he killed the rat makes sense where he has the knife now no, he has the knife that, out to yeah, kill the rat that yeah. was my one of the things like why is the knife falling it's probably for that yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so the dweeb sees the knife, looks up, but everything looks as it should be until he checks the history. And apparently there's a giant bar across the screen where your most recent thing that happened was. I hope the guy's not surfing any inappropriate website. <laughs> you, you cover it up and it'd be like, just recently viewed. <laughs> uh, and they escape and we clearly see Claire leaving in her office getup, right? Yeah. Yep. Handkerchief on her face as she leaves the building. We cut to everybody celebrating in the fire truck driving away. Claire's wearing a fireman's costume. Yeah. So she got into a truck and they went, hey, guys, I'm going to get changed back in just in case we get pulled over and I can say I'm a fireman. That was stupid. Do you think I was filmed before? In, or yes. Did, yeah. Yeah. I guess a continuity here. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. I think they filmed that before they realized exactly how they were going to do a scene in the office. Well, I wasn't sure whether that was that or whether they had cut bits from a scene. Maybe that's not impossible to. Yeah. We get back that's to not the impossible to. <laughs> uh, we get back to uh, the hotel and Krieger and Ethan fight. And the question is, who has the disc? Does Krieger have a knock list? Because he wants to go to the meeting. Or does Ethan? Because he has a disc as well. And Ethan does some sleight of hand. He goes, look, Claire has the disc. Well, when someone starts doing this and that trying to trick you into thinking how they're doing all this. Yeah. You've got to think to yourself, why would they be doing this if they didn't? They just go, this? look, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like you're trying too hard here. You are trying too hard. Um, and he goes, do you actually think I would let you hold the knock list? And Krieger goes, try slide a hand with my money and I'll cut your throat. <laughs> <laughs> and throws the disc in the bin. Can you imagine if it broke? Yeah. Movie Ooh. over. We got to go back in. <laughs> Boom. Uh, and then he also knocked the Bible off of the table. And as he picks up the disc and he picks up the Bible, he looks at it and notices it's been stamped Drake Hotel, Chicago. So, Ellie, this is where I come back to you and go, did you notice it or did you have to wait for when we heard John Voigt's voice go, Drake Hotel, Chicago, in his, in his head? <laughs> yeah. I had to wait for the voice. Okay. And then did you pick up the, the pieces there and go, this is linked to that? Did I realize it was linked when it literally told me it was linked? Was this the bit where you went, he's definitely the baddie? I was really confused about what the baddie's kind of purpose was, to be quite honest. Okay. So I don't really know. Like, I knew he was bad, but I didn't know what he'd done. Because I've got my notes. The film's taking nothing for chance, as we hear Phelps's <laughs> voice. Yeah. And then Claire kisses Ethan on the cheek. And I've got my notes. This film takes nothing for chance. Because as she <laughs> leaves, he holds his cheek like only guys who are in love in movies do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All he needed to do was like, put his back against the one, like, sigh a little bit. And we'd be like... Or look at Luther and go, did that just happen? Oh did you see God. that? Wow. Uh, what a woman. And so uh, he gives the knock list to Luther because he believes Luther's a good man. And Luther is a good man. Luther is a good man. He's yeah. a great man. Um, the disc disappears. And this is not a camera trick. This was actually Tom Cruise learned some sleight of hand. Oh, oh. cool. So that was cool. That, yeah. is, that is cool. Because nice. it's all one shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, don't, they don't cut or anything. So. I wonder if he can still do it. I tell you what let's have him on the pod and we'll ask him that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of all the questions forget everything else let's go back to the first person possible how'd you do that you don't want to be like hanging onto a plane no no the disc the thing where you like made it disappear <laughs> but apart from that one question tom you you can we'll do whichever film you want us to do yeah that's uh, tom come on absolutely uh i'll even do i'll even do night and day should we get him on our Nicole Kidman round, round table? <laughs> Reach out to Tom. What do you think? Well, he's got more insight. What in the next hour. He's got, he's, he's got three. You might think it's an impossible yeah, mission. But. Come on over. Uh, speaking of that, let's get some British news here. Uh, Ethan's mum and uncle have been arrested as drug lords. 
Is his mum's middle name Ethan? Because it was like Margaret Ethan Hunt. Oh, really? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, wow, yeah. a really weird middle name to have for a woman. Yeah. Maybe Ethan Hunt is his surname. It's just double-barreled. Maybe he's like Skippy Ethan Hunt. <laughs> uh, Ethan makes a call from the Liverpool Street Station. It's cool to see that over here now that I yeah. recognize where some of these places are. It's a beautiful building, isn't it? Kittredge is the hardest working man in all of government. He's always at the job. 3 a.m., he's answering the phone. He's there. You know, the the, the, the air conditioning alarm goes off, he's at work. Yeah. Somebody needs to be in Prague, Kittredge. <laughs> uh, Ethan, uh, so Kittredge... Kind of shows, yeah. Oh, come on in. We'll, we'll reduce. We'll get rid of their charges. We'll reduce yours. And he goes, "You really believe that I've done all this stuff? I've killed all my teammates. How devastated do you think you'll make me by marching uh, Mom and Uncle Donald down to the county courthouse?" Fair point. Yeah. And this is so they can find out he was in London, which is good because Kittredge tells us he yeah. wanted us to know. Uh, and I like that that finished on three seconds, yes. not not one. Not one. Today, he would have uh, tweeted it out or put it on Instagram. He would have had like mm-hmm. a, pithy, yeah. a pithy phrase as well. Yeah. Uh, and then he turns around and it's Jim Phelps. It is. Yep. And they catch up. And wh- this the scene in the diner is great because you could have used two shots to put them both in the frame at the same yeah, time. Yeah, you mentioned this before. But we would have Jim Phelps on the far left of a shot and it would end before we got to to Ethan. And then we have Ethan on the far right of a shot, and it would end before we got to Jim. So they're shown as being polar opposites and nothing, they're not sharing any space. There was nothing in common. They're not two equals anymore. And we kept going, they did do a couple two shots eventually, but we kept going back to these either isolated close-ups from the front Mm -hmm. or these ones where they're stacked to the side. And all that empty space represents the divide between them now. So I thought it was really, really good. Those two shots, though, were always done Whenever they weren't talking about either the mission or anything before, it was always like their past before. The yeah, second it gets to point. Yeah. the instant, then they start then we separate them because so they're was, clearly yeah. not on the same page, those, and so we can't have them in the same shot. Memories, not not there, not them. Been yeah, pulled away. Now. That's a good point. Clever. Um, and so we get a play by play of now. This, when I was a kid, when I first watched this, this confused me a bit. Kids a bit, whatever. I was probably sixteen, mm-hmm. but when I'm like, I'm talking about Kittredge because well, the deal is that that uh, Phelps is trying to say Kittredge was the mole. Yeah. Now, of course, Ethan's already figured this out from the time he's seen the Bible yeah. from the Drake. So as he says Kittredge, Ethan keeps imagining it as Phelps doing everything. And so they're not on the same page. And, and, and even Phelps is a, bit, is a bit nervous. Like, is he going to believe this? Yeah. And he gets stuck on, well, how do you, how do, you do Hannah? How do you kill Hannah? Yeah. And during he's the flashbacks, out, isn't he? they leave it kind of unopen or un, you know ambiguous yeah. as to who kills her. Um, in the original script... On the train at the end, uh, Claire admits to killing Hannah. Oh. But they left it open here, so we don't know which one of them really did it. Because it was important for the audience that we also kind of go. And I think it also makes us care a bit more for 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 Claire when she dies. Yeah. Because it's interesting how they frame her in the grand scheme of things. Very sort of victimed. Very very victimized. Yeah. 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 Um, and so... Um, yeah, obviously they decided not to go down that road. And then we have my least favorite line of dialogue in any movie. Why, Jim? Why? Why? <laughs> and he said, oh, it's, just, it's, it's lazy. It's oh. very it's very Alex Trevelyan in, in, in GoldenEye, which was like, you know, yeah. three years before. Yeah. You know, the Cold War's over. There's no more bad guys to hunt. What do I do with my life when my whole life has been about this? Yeah. Uh, and so, except for he says it's Kittredge rather than himself, but it's, it's the message we it get, was right? That whole th- it's just that whole thing of power, because he's like, well, we had to tell the president what to do, and now we don't get to, blah, 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 blah. He blah. ended it without consulting us. How dare he? Yeah. 
Uh, Ethan lets him know that he's got the knock list. They talk about Claire, and he goes, no one can know. Not even Claire can know I'm alive. Uh, which, again, feels like a bit of a, a tip-off. Yeah. And then Ethan goes home and sleeps with Claire. <laughs> this is weird. Again, Powerplay. was this the... Um, yeah, this felt very shoehorned. Again, was that like part of the, the original script that just stayed? Well, there was supposed to be a love triangle. So this was, yeah. But the idea that she's trying to seduce him... Um, I guess Ethan's going, yeah, right. Why not? I yeah, think this yeah. is a, a Tom Cruise edition because a lot of his films, he's always like, gotta have, gotta have a, a, a female companion. He's got a bit point. of action and then yeah. a bit of action. Usually the top, <laughs> around this time, usually their tops came off in a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. So the fact that hers didn't says something. Because, yeah. respected her. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to the age, I can't wait to the age game because I want to see John Voight and his lovely brides difference between yeah, this. I was going to say what, what, what they said like wife or something at some point. I was like, talk about miscasting. Nah. Do you know what I mean? Well, you, you, you couldn't have her be the problem is she had to be seen as a viable sexual partner for Ethan Hunt. Yeah, I know, but uh, it's just like, come on. I don't know what this. This was weird. It is. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. She just starts like kissing his hand and then like kissing him and then it fades to black, which dead very much goes. Yeah. They had the sex. Do you think because he's with Nicole Kidman, that was a bit of a, a no, 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 I'm pretty sure she knows who Tom Cruise is at this point. <laughs> Not in movies. It's, like, it's kind of a trope. I mean, he's what he would do. Yeah, maybe he's yeah. got to be. He's the American James Bond. That's what this film is trying to do. Yeah. yeah Ethan yeah. Hunt is the American James Bond. It's also the way that it's fr- she's framed as well. Like she's in the corner. She's really vulnerable. She's sitting on the ground. Yeah. Mm. Should we give her a chair? No. She's like, <laughs> she's just like low down, sort of cornered, like some weird, like dying animal. Yeah. It's this really weird, like. Yeah. Mm. Um. Kittrich uh, is in London and he gets on the train to Paris. So, Act 3, we get everybody on their train. The train's headed to Paris from London. The knock list is underneath Max's seat and there's lots of cross-cutting to some old hands loading bullets. Now, why hide the face? Am I really not supposed to think? Am I really supposed to be torn between whether this is Kittrich or not? No. Because it's clearly Phelps. Yes. It's clearly Phelps. Ellie, were you concerned at all that this wasn't Jim Phelps? No. No. So, like, why? It was just the hands. It cut off his face. I don't know what they were doing. No. Um, Luther is jamming the signal, and everything in 1996 is the same user interface because his computer for jamming has the same, uh, like, visuals as the one that's downloading the knock list. And it's got to be green because that's how we know it's a futuristic hacker thing to do. Let's see. I yeah. like he just has to put in begin jam signal. Begin jam signal. Yeah. And it's just that. It's that easy. Or activate. Oh. Uh, he tries to leave a phone behind when he sees Kittredge because he's afraid he's going to get made. And like some terrible, helpful guy who works for like British Rail gives him his phone back. And then everybody happen. around him can't talk on their phones anymore, which yeah. is a funny bit. Uh, which, of course, means the knock list is back because they're trying to transfer it to someone. I don't know who. Yeah, no. I would just put it on like a thousand USBs and yeah. just start throwing everybody in the team. Yep. Um, and so uh, Claire comes in to the baggage car because max phones job and tells him that ethan's in the baggage car because ethan's getting his 10 million from job yep and he wants for max for max yeah and so here's the deal and so claire comes in sees uh jim says we let's not kill ethan let's not kill him let's just have him go to prison for life isn't she sweet (laughs) and goes no one else has seen you alive and then of course the face off i called that and it's actually ethan hunt i called that 
What this time after seeing the movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. The first, the first time. time. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't. It was remember too, it. it was too set up. Yeah. When he doesn't say anything, yeah. I didn't yeah. remember. It. He's so static. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. See. Yeah, my spidey sense. At least this movie respects the idea that the voice wouldn't change just because there's a mask yeah. on. Unlike a certain John Travolta, Nicholas Cage film. <laughs> <laughs> and so body shapes. He goes, of course, yeah, body shapes, <laughs> muscle memory, yeah, any every, of that stuff. Everything. Uh, Ethan uh, takes his mask off and he goes, of course, I'm very sorry to hear you say that, Claire. And she goes, Ethan, and then insert John Voight. Yeah. Yes, Ethan Hunt, darling, you remember him. So what was he doing? Was he sitting back there going, hang on, I'm here, (laughs) but I'm also over there. (laughs) Or is he going, let's just sit back, see how this plays out. (laughs) Yeah, I want to see how this plays out. Who is that in the mask that looks like me? (laughs) Or I know what I'll do. I'll wait until she goes, Ethan, and then I'll jump in. Who's that handsome person? I'm going to wait for my cue line. I'm going to wait for my front cue line. Here we go. Yes, Ethan Hunt, darling, you remember him. And the question is, why the whole masquerade? Thankfully, they answer it for us and yeah. say he doesn't know if it would Claire it was, was, was in on it. But he goes, I wasn't sure. She wasn't sure if, she, if you'd go for it, Ethan. But I knew you would, having tasted the goods myself. Like, that is your wife, dude. Yeah. That's yeah, it's Cold. Um, like, this is the part where you start to feel like she's been victimized because you're yeah. like, wow, you literally were just pimped out by your husband for this. Especially yeah. the, and he like, refers the to her the goods. The goods, the goods yeah. Yeah. Uh, he goes, thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife, which is weird because we were told that Job doesn't quote scripture. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he knows one. Uh, give her the money. Oh, she's, um, Jim says, give her the money. And he, uh, Ethan gives it over and goes, you've earned it. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Ooh. He says, Claire was wrong about one thing, Jim. And Jim goes, what's that? And he grabs these glasses and very slowly puts them on. I'm like, this guy's aware of what glasses do in yeah. this universe. He used it as part of his own fake death. And he has a gun. <laughs> and he has yeah. a gun. Why do I have to wait for you to put your glasses on? Let's just shoot you now. <laughs> but like, Keatrich goes, apparently, as soon as you put these glasses on, it's like a Google alert went to his smartwatch. <laughs> and he went, more in Mr. Phelps. He goes, I'm not the only one who's seen you alive. And throws the glasses. At which point, he shoots his wife. Yeah. If you shoot Ethan first, you can shoot Claire two seconds yes. later. You can get away. Like, if you're going to shoot her anyway, shoot Ethan first. Yeah. Because you want to know why? Because he's the guy who can climb on top of a train. Yeah, exactly. I've seen nothing to suggest that Claire is a decent agent in any capacity in no. this movie. Outside of the fact she knows when to come back to the safe house. <laughs> That's about it. 4 p.m. 4 o'clock. Uh, a.m. A.m., yeah. Uh, Liam. 4 a.m. <laughs> 4 a.m. Yeah. That's, your, that's your code name. So if it was Ethan, I'd be too, so I'll flip them. <laughs> there we go. Um, and so... Then we go act three on top of the train and the script that Cruz approved called for a final show to take place on top of a moving train. He wanted to use the famously fast French train, the TGF, but rail authorities didn't want any part of that. (laughs) I wonder why. Yeah. (laughs) When that was no longer a problem, I guess they caved. The track was not available. So De Palma visited railroads on two continents trying to get permission. Cruz took the train owners out to dinner and the next day they were allowed to use it. For the actual sequence, the actor wanted wind that was so powerful but it could knock him off a train but a difficulty finding the right machine that would cause the correct wind velocity and look visually accurate before he remembered a simulator he used while training as a skydiver as you do yeah you're tom cruise the only machine of its kind in europe was located and acquired and it would produce winds up to 140 miles an hour fast enough that it would distort his face and you see that in the scene yep exterior shots of the train were filmed on the glasgow southwestern line between new 
Kramnik, Dumfries, and Anan. Most of the sequence, though, was filmed at Pinewood Studios yeah. here in the UK. You can see there was some screen on a used. stage against yeah, the blue screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it was, of course, digitized by our friends at Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah, it yeah, seemed yeah. to be in everything. Mm. My my question now is: I'd be interested to see the the next lot again um, and see if they are CGI'd and see if they are real. All, yeah. of the, all of those stunts real because he tends to do his own stunts a lot now. He likes he? real ones. I mean, there was a big deal about a real one he just did, he did out in Norway or right? yeah. like a train or something. Yeah, which I thought was fitting that like the most recent film he's doing a stunt on the train and this one he's doing a stunt on the train. He did a halo jump at some point, which took like six months because it was so dangerous. Wow. He's, I think he's just doing movies to find excuses for crazy stunts he wants to do. <laughs> it's the best idea because you can do these great like once in a lifetime experiences and have professionals video you doing it. I think he said he wants to do one, a Mission Impossible in space so he can be the first guy to do stunts in space. See, once he did the Burj Khalifa, I think everything else is is like on is like second place yeah that bit of him climbing up like for almost a free climb up that that thing's that's, terrifying that's insane. I get nervous watching that. That's cool, though. Like, legitimately scared. There's a bit where he walks out. It's almost a point of view shot, and the camera comes out. I teach the scene, so I'm yeah, aware of it. Yeah, great shot. Out and then around, and I'm like, oh. And you see the wind swirling. I'm like, oh. No. I had a friend who had a uh, a condo in Toronto on, like, the 46th floor of this condo Whoa. building. And you'd go out on his balcony, and you could feel the building swaying oh. a bit. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, I'm not good with that. <laughs> no. Not me. That's cool. I'm like, I'm going to go back inside. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but by the way, yeah, Krieger's flying the helicopter if it's now chasing the train. Yeah, I thought this Wait, was Wait, Krieger's cool. the bad guy? Krieger's the bad guy. He can fly anything, Which do anything. Which was part of the flashback. We see that mm. Krieger was the guy with the knife, stabby, stabby. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ethan takes the grappling hook and connects the chopper to the train. Uh, and inspired by this movie, a helicopter does successfully fly through a tunnel in Brazil in 2006. I do, um, I do think that was quite cool. What, the chopper going through the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I think it was didn't. absolute bullshit. Oh, yeah, but still. Yeah, it was, but because uh, I expected it to go bang. It's a movie, though, yeah. But, I mean, it was quite funny to keep it, the suspense going. The CG was a bit rough, but it's not... It was a bit yeah, rough, but it's 96. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Phelps yeah. jumps onto the, like, um, foot of the of the helicopter on the one side, and they knock Ethan down on sort of the back door. There's a great conductor going, you need to speed up! <laughs> He's in other films. He, he, he is. I'm. I can't think of what I've seen him in, but more British things. Than yeah, I, I did a quick look. Nothing really major jumped out at me. But yeah, no, no, he no, looks no. like a human version of a Wallace and Gromit. Character. Yeah, he does look like a human version of Wallace and Gromit. Character. <laughs> uh, and so they're just about to stab him in the back of the neck with this other foot, and then he like hits like a little bit of the roof of the tunnel. The minute that happens, he's dead. Yeah, yeah he's dead. He's gone. But he just sort of like shakes it off. I'm like, ah, I don't think so. No. Uh, so then cool Ethan jumps onto the other foot. And you know the movie's about to end because we get that bump, 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 bump. <laughs> yeah. bump. But he gets out the gum. And I think it was just one little trick thing. Red light, green light. And he throws it onto the um, front windscreen. Front windscreen, yeah. And then he just jumps off of it. And I'm like thinking, forgetting how it looked, I'm like, like he's surely cruises dead from this. You yeah, would be. that explosion's yeah. going to... It just throws him. Up. And they milked that shot in like oh, oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. every... For Paramount, for any movie ever... That shot of him getting flung back onto the train, not burned, just 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 projected. Yeah, yeah. well, I suppose that was a big stunt well, and a big uh, CGI thing at yeah, the time. Oh, oh it? it was it was an amazing looking yeah. shot, absolutely. And he gets yeah. the right facials as he's doing it too, yeah, so yeah, it was well yeah. done. 
and then that's it and we of course we get the great bit where the the the, the rotator of the helicopter comes and sits right at his throat yeah and the great visual joke is our wallace and gromit conductor gets up looks at it and faints <laughs> and just a couple of quick uh things on the way out we find out uh, we have a drinking scene in a beer garden because why wouldn't you of course just enough cranberries to get on the soundtrack in the background oh i love <laughs> the cranberries so uh luther's back with the imf uh he says uh, i'm gonna miss being disreputable <laughs> i'll try to do what you told spoke <laughs> he goes i'm gonna miss being disreputable and he goes i always think you that way i'm like yeah. this is the weakest trash talk ever yeah that's, that's, that's always a weak ending with these isn't it it's, it's hard that. how do you wrap it up yeah, yeah yeah i think maybe just better like just doing one quick like die hard one quick joke yeah some mute and just credits and go yeah just, just get out though, like it just and he's just the guy fades it's like <laughs> what was this and speed Oh, sp- what are you talking about? Speed had like two, had like an extra ending we yeah, didn't but need. The extra ending is like the the point I'm talking about. You just cram that, just have it like have it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we go to the plane, and Ethan, who has turned down a chance to go to the IMF, is offered uh, a movie, uh, Cinema from the Caribbean. Maybe it's got pirates in it, <laughs> Aruba, yeah. perhaps. And then we get Jamaica. The- Mm. And then we get the end credits, and this is where we get the redone version, uh, written by you two bandmates, Larry Mullen Jr. and Adam Clayton. Cool. Because uh, uh, Bono and The Edge that year had written Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, me, Kill Kill Me me, for Batman Forever, which stars Nicole Kidman. Kidman, Yeah. And then we have the other two members doing this version. Uh, It's an instrumental, so it's really harder to get. Like, how much can you do with it, really? Yeah. Limp Biscuit, the the MI2, that sucked. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, MI2 sucked, so. Yeah, but. um, No! Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. (laughs) I love that movie. It's dreadful. Uh, It's my favorite out of the franchise. If you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's by far the the, the furthest back. I don't care. (laughs) It's directed by John Woo. So, that's not helpful. I like it. Um, And so, this did end up. charting around the world and it was nominated for the grammy for best pop instrumental and it was yeah a relative sequence and success so um, mm. this is the only film in the franchise where ethan hunt doesn't fire a gun oh. it's also the only one not to have a shootout or a gunfight people did shoot people oh, okay. but not back and forth at yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, despite being praised for its over-the-top action only five gunshots occur throughout the entire movie and none of them from tom cruise and it was the last movie from a motion picture to be released for home video on Betamax. Wow. wow. Yeah, I know, right? I would have said earlier than that. What, the last Betamax film? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I would have like totally thought earlier than that. Yeah, I'd have thought like 91, 92. Yeah. So, um, I'm just trying to catch up because I was reading off my computer for most of this, but now I actually want to switch and go to uh, the other stuff. hard copy paper. That's right. So... And we are on the end game now, so I can put Ellie on full screen now. So that's all right. There we go. Hey, Hey. (laughs) Um, and so let's just talk about the money, money, money. So Mission Impossible opens on May twenty second, nineteen ninety six, in a then record three thousand and twelve cinemas in the U S. It's the first film ever to be released to three thousand cinemas, uh, which broke the record for a Wednesday opening by a hundred thousand dollars. It beat the previous open record, which was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, wow. great. So it held the record for a good five years, which is yeah, saying yeah. something with inflation and, and yeah, yeah, the more yeah. cinemas that open. Because, you know, up until recently, we don't really shut cinemas. We just keep opening them. We T2 do. was like an event film. At that yeah, time it was an event well. film. 
Uh, it's set house records in several cinemas around the United States. Uh, it grossed well, a fair bit in its first week, surpassing Jurassic Park for the best first week ever. Uh, it beat the Flintstones for the best four-day Memorial Day weekend ever. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, the Flintstones God. is dreadful. Oh, you haven't never. seen Flintstones Viva Lock, Rock Vegas. At least that's oh, cartoon, though, right? Oh, no, that's like no. a sequel. But they oh, was it really? Because Goodman, you can't do that. No. Goodman back. No, oh, I'd never watch that. Cruz deferred his salary, which would usually be $20 million for a significant percentage of the box office as a producer can get. He's clever. Clever. So, how much did the film make? Remember, the budget's about $70 million. Liam, what you got? I'm going to say... Five hundred and thirty million. Five thirty. Ethan. Three twenty. Three twenty. And Ellie. Six hundred. Uh, Ethan is not the closest. Liam is at four hundred and fifty-seven point <laughs> six. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was he good. made it. He made a bit of coin off that then. He did all right. I don't know yeah. what percentage it was, but probably more more yeah. than twenty million. Yeah. So um, who's well, whose story is? It? It's a stupid question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you ever a- saw the, the the video box art for this, it was like a silhouette of just Tom Cruise's face with well, Mission Impossible I written over it. I think this was Emilio Estevez's story. <laughs> for the first nine pages of the screenplay. <laughs> yeah. For seven friends, maybe. Yeah, yeah. What is the story? Um, it's a good question. You can't trust it's- your... Your superiors, just yeah. Don't never meet your heroes. Yeah, and sleep with their wives instead. Yeah, it's, bo- <laughs> it's born, which is up and free. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 a hard part with this. The stories of as with all of them, the stories of secondary importance. They are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're there to watch the action, aren't you? Yep. Uh, role of women in this film. Well, Maxine. Maxine is that is that her name? Max. Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she was uh, quite. In high position. Oh, we should mention. High powered. That when she gets caught at the end by IMF, they don't want to take her to jail. No. Because for some reason, her lawyers are that good. They went, ah, don't worry about you trying to kill half the secret agents in the world. We can arrange something. You must have some dirt. And that's how that's left. Because yeah, I, I, I think we like Max. That's the yeah, problem. You, you, yeah. She's that. She's that. Um, could she be bad? Could she be good? She's got that bit of edge to her. That's what I like about her. Ellie, a uh, role of women. Um, I mean, I agree that Max is a good character, but I don't, I don't really like Claire as a character. I think she really does anything for you know promoting feminism or for anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking a question: no. Is that every female character's responsibility? Well, no, but she's not like a good bad female character either. She's just. She's just there. Even when it's she's not like good, she's, she's not good. She's when not she's like bad, a she's good not really vi- bad, is she? It's not like, you know, like Cruella DeVille or something. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously she's an absolute cowbag, but role of women-wise, fantastic. Strong, not about the new film, obviously, yeah. but just generally. Yeah. Like, she's a villain, but she's really strong. Yeah. Whereas Claire, is a weak not villain. so much. She's no. water. <laughs> Ethan, any thoughts? It's weird because I think Claire is, like, the only consistent character throughout, but she's so... She is used, abused, like the age gap between the two of them is very concerning, especially how he uses her later on, basically just to continue getting Ethan to be like on the on the on the yeah. chase, like confused and like clouded because of Claire's existence. And it's very much like she's just there. As a say, tool. It's, it's forgettable. It's, it's very kind of you to use the word character about her. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's, she's the actress who's there. I'm not sure if it's a, I couldn't tell you who Claire is. There's a story there, mm. but it, it, you wouldn't. These films don't have like a nuanced story. This but there film, is a story there of like someone who was. This film gives no time 
to how she's dealing with her husband's death. Nope. It's more about how can None. I support you, Ethan, and the fact that you've been wrongly accused. And I'm going to get, but also because I'm going to get some of the bitch who did this to Jim. All right, yeah. great. You're struggling at all? No, I'm good. But you'd also feel more if you saw her feel more, wouldn't you? Yeah, no. Yeah. You know? This film was... She is in the role of what, throughout the 80s and 90s, was like the Tom Cruise female sexual pursuit. That's yeah, who, who she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Tom get to nail her? And he needs to He needs to do so to win the film. Yeah. He sleeps with a hot girl and he saves the day. Two for two. Done. Yeah. Bish, Maybe bash, rather bosh. than nailing her, he could screw her instead and he could use that fancy little tool. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tom screws. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but, 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 but I, Their chemistry was just magnetic. But I do like Max. I do like Max. And if it wasn't for, for Max, this film's very male-heavy. Yeah, I like Max. Very male-heavy. So I like Max. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that it plays with our expectations and subverts them effectively. Mm-hmm. I think if she was a male character, they don't do that ending. No. Or she gets away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Agree. So, there is that. Uh, people's favorite character. Liam, let's start with you. Favorite character. Emilio. Okay. Even though, I, I hear you, but even though he's gone so quickly? Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe an honorary mention to him because he has gone so quick. Um, this, this will probably surprise you, but I liked... Uh, what's, what's his I'm totally surprised so far. <laughs> <laughs> no, Reno, Reno's character, Krieger, Krieger. Yep, I, I liked him. Okay, because I always liked him as an actor, and to see him play the bad guy, and I knew he was the bad guy yep. from the little hints they give you, and I'm like, oh, please no. <laughs> hints is quite cute. <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, please no, please. Oh, okay, yeah, he is, but I still like him. The only way it could have been more any less subtle is if he was like twirling his mustache yeah, in the yeah, opening yeah, sequence. Yeah, yeah. No, I liked him. I, I really like Vin Rhymes. He's he, he's great in everything, but he's he's just so sweet. I don't want him to get like <laughs> caught. So when he has that old moment and he's watching Tom Cruise's beat of sweat drip down, I'm just like, yeah. What, what did he do to get to get disavowed? That's my thing. Like, I he does some hacking thing, but I'm like, yeah. the guy's clearly got morals. Yeah, yeah. like he's a the, good dude. I don't know what happened. Probably the only one who has morals. Yeah, probably is. <laughs> uh, Ellie. Um, probably Ethan Hunt. Yep. I don't really have any particular reason for it other than, you know, it's he's the main character. Like He's cool. No, I'll, 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 uh, go, I'll go Ethan Hunt. I think Tom Cruise is good in this. I do, but it's, I, just, Tom, it's just the easy one to go for, I think. I just He's the obvious choice. Yeah, so we, yeah. I, 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 usually I don't like doing the obvious choice, no. but I think on this one, it's his movie, and he's he's very good in it. There's a yeah. reason why there's a sequel. and I, I, for, I, You've got your opinion, obviously, on the sequel, but what, what I, I dislike I so sequel. much is I, I, this is the version of Ethan Hunt I like the best. This is his first one. I really like this one. Yeah. I really, really like this one. And it's a shame they kind of just get rid of it. Yeah. And it's not a thing. He changes through the whole saga of it all he he oh by number two he's like rock climbing uh, yeah it's just stupid he's like like playing like different multiple personalities of different people he's believable in the first one as much as you can be believable secret agent by number two i'm like okay you're you're just a superhero is what you really are about this first film is he's basically not got this massive arsenal you're just seeing a guy in the field dealing with what he can yep and the later films like Here's the pen that could explode and could also blow up a space station. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love how you on the voices. He's, in this first yeah. one, he's Ethan Hunt. He's just a, he's he's your point man. He's a good agent, and therefore he's kind of like a little bit you know it's a slightly more sexy version of John McClane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's but he's just a guy. Yeah, but look at what he's doing. Yeah, because yeah, we've yeah. trained him to be that good. Mm-hmm. This in, in all future movies, he's like he's a force who walks in the night in the shadows. He is Ethan Hunt. 
you know, he's like John McClane in the future movies where he can bring down a helicopter by sneezing at it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan Hopper's on the helicopter in his first movie. <laughs> <laughs> where do you go from there? People, people crap all over. <laughs> Bruce Willis for doing that in number four. Uh, let's talk about uh, best moment, best element. Um, my best moment. Probably the bits between him and when he was on screen with John Voight. Oh, okay. Because... The sort of father-son dynamic. Yeah, and then how that changes and evolves through the movie and how he deals with it. Oh, early on, he's like a huge fan. When him and Emilio, they're like talking to their hero. Yeah. And by the end, it's clear it's flipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I like that. The, The high scene's great. It's done so well. And, like, the tensions there, and as much as I completely, like, just shat upon the the physics of it and how everything makes sense, <laughs> it's done so well. The The lack of music makes it just oh, so, silence. so tense. Good. Like, we were all watching it, taking notes and whatever. The second that scene started, it goes silent. We're all glued to that screen. Yeah. It's yeah, so, it's, it's a masterclass of You're suspense. Yeah. Uh, Ellie? Well. Oh like wording beautiful um i really liked the restaurant scene before the water stuff so before he bursts the tanks mm-hmm. is this because like you like fancy restaurants or um no that i do um i just <laughs> you just put your I order just in felt, <laughs> i felt like it was the kind of moment that shit got real and it turned from just like you know basic action plot to oh actually there's a little bit of intrigue here i feel we probably should have mentioned keytrich we were going through our good good actors in this thing because he's actually really good in this yeah i think and uh, that that face off i mean he has to have some ethan hunt has to have someone to bounce off of in that scene and i think henry shazerny is is fantastic in that scene Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm. which is the problem because i don't think henry shazerny is good at all in any of the ever scenes (laughs) because he doesn't have anybody on tom cruise's level playing playing back with him yeah you need you need if anything he comes off as like he's just a really good guy on a really bad team yeah the rest of the time so there's no one else who's like believable true so what, yeah, about, what about yourself? I'm going to be boring and do Ethan's as well. It's usually what happens. Ethan comes on. He takes all my answers before I get to say them. <laughs> it's, it's the heist. It's, it's the it's the, fir- the second shot, I think, of him run- jumping through the, the window after it smashes and yeah. the water comes through. Yeah. With his arms up in the least believable, like, it's, superhero yeah, jump. Yeah, yeah. But my number one is him falling and sort of, like, you know, catching himself. Because, as, yeah, he's got yeah, his yeah. pound point coins in his, his boots. Yeah, that, and he's yeah, doing that. Cool. That's a cool sequence. That whole sequence is just the set design, the importance of every, it is a quiet place for a quiet place, the importance of one drop, the importance of the smallest bit of noise, the importance of any sound persona, anything. It just, mm. And it just looks clinically white. And Silence is golden, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it's fantastic. And mm. a film which can get loud and blow up and all those sorts yeah, of yeah, things, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I will say the least, the least sort of impressive of the three big set pieces is probably the train. Yeah. So that's a yeah. shame. Is the, the, the cool point yeah. really here is the halfway point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that takes us to our next part, which is the grumble. Lip? Um, My grumble is the CGI bits where he's on the train. I don't really... Even though it's 96. Yeah, I, I, I do see that. But I can see this is why I think Tom Cruise looked at this movie and went, I'm going to do my own stunts because I feel this let it down. And that for, did for me because I didn't feel believable. Um, yeah, about just that. Really. Right. Yeah, 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 just see Joseph because that, that stood out too much for me. Some bits blended quite well, but then there's other bits that just like no. Okay. 
and just I, took me out of reality because everyone knows Tom Cruise does his own stunts now. Yes. So to see that now, yeah, but you can't retcon that. You can't go. You know, more knowing what I know now about his career, why didn't you do it then, Tom? Well, no, but I think this is why it kickstarted. All right. So that's what I think. Uh, as the French would say, and Han, because <laughs> because <laughs> et a and yeah, and Han, there it is. Nice, nice. Um, it's it's what you said before. The train the third act is really weak to me in comparison it's, just, yeah. it's one it's kind of weirdly rushed and then like things are either wrapped up or they just end abruptly mm, yeah and that entire sequence in the tunnel i don't really care for it just doesn't do anything the second that it's like oh he nearly grazed me and then he nearly grazed me again after i stopped him There's, it's just it's cute yeah but yeah Um, I just found the helicopter bit completely unbelievable. <laughs> We're all um, hammering this. It, yeah. it just, it really annoyed me. Like the the second that 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 he clipped it to the train and they were heading towards that tunnel, that helicopter should have exploded. I want to see it explode. So you would have given up the shop. Uh, <laughs> I would. I would. Get to yeah. the and then when he's then when he's like maneuvering it in the tunnel, I'm like, well, that's <laughs> unrealistic. And then another train comes along, and I'm like, come on, give us a train. <laughs> there was a point where I was like, I really don't have like a little grumble. And then that scene happened. And went, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 I got mine. Uh, Go for it. This is a film of three big set pieces. And not much around them. No. The story's very lacking. It is. The emotional high point is when you actually see... It's it's amazing. Like, um, Jim Phelps, the reunion in London. And by the time he shows back... I mean, Jim Phelps doesn't believe he was a villain. He's just an old man with a Mm. gun. And when he shows up in his black little suit, I'm like... Tom Cruise is in the prime of his life, man. Like, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? And so, like, the let emotion- him have your wife. Yeah, the, 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 the emotional high point was already gone. Like, I was, I was, I was already bored of Jim Phelps. Yeah, it was coming to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not how that should go. No. The time they tried to get too cute, and you should do the reveal. They shouldn't have given you the reveal in the in the pub in, in the in, in the, the, train, the cafe, oh, the train station. Train station yeah. They should have had the reveal. At the end yeah, and then yeah, it's yeah. just him he's already got the bible so he's already thinking about it have him show up with the jim phelps mask we all go oh my god jim phelps is alive yeah and then it's a double bluff on us yeah and we're going what and then she goes oh let's kill ethan later i'm like what and then he pulls it off and you're like oh my god and then he comes in it's so much stronger and all i did was take one thing away yeah exactly i agree yeah it's not that hard, this whole movie thing, is it? Let's make our own movie. It feels all right. <laughs> I don't think they should have foreshadowed it in the hotel either when Claire comes back and it's like, oh, it's Jim. Oh, no, wait, it's Claire. Yeah, 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 that too. I'm, like completely, once he falls over the edge, I don't want to, I mean, he's a big star. It's probably why they had to do it. Yeah. I don't want to see him again to the end. No. Because no. all these other big name actors died in the first act. You told, he. It's like he's the only one. Emilio dies, Christian yeah, Scott Thomas yeah, yeah. dies. I'm totally all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this just feels like it was a really easy mistake to not make, and they and they, and they ended up making it. Yep. So, yeah. So, um, is this anybody's best role ever? I've seen Cruise and better stuff. Oh, Last Samurai. For for me, it's my best John Voight movie, oh. despite the fact that it's crapped all over him. But yeah, I don't really like John Voight in a lot of things. So it's a low bar. Yeah, he's not a he's not a, an actor you can kind of feel for. In I haven't movies. seen Deliverance. I haven't seen Midnight Cowboy. Maybe if I see these movies, I'll go. Yeah, okay. I didn't like him very much in Tomb Raider. 
No, no. Because the whole gimmick was they're really father and daughter and they're yeah, really estranged. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then you really didn't see much of him after that. He play, he started playing a lot of villains, but a lot of like cartoon, like yeah, just bad. Stupid villains. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of. I'm with you. John Voight. Yeah. Uh, maybe Ving Rhames. Well, it's hard because Ving Rhames is, is a supporting actor, so he just kind of uh, comes yeah, he's in. He's never and, starring, really, is he? Yeah, so it's hard. Nor would you want him to. I don't no. think he's got the chops for that. But he has a presence, but not like. Yeah. The I think there's other Mission Impossible films that he's better in than this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so, so much better than the most recent so one. So he doesn't get. He's just having a good time. He doesn't get enough to do yet. Yeah. So I'm not saying not yet. Yeah. Is there anybody else I'm thinking? Not really. No. Definitely not Kristen Scott Thomas or Emilio uh, Estevez. No, 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 no. no. Uh, we've done an Emilio. We haven't done another Kristen Scott Thomas one yet. There's a few that qualify, so yeah, be well we up should, for doing yeah. one of those. Um, so that is that. So I think it's time for... I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? And as always, massive thank yous to Moonlight Social for yeah. our age game ditty. Thank uh, you. Ellie, what do we got today? We're going to start with Tom Cruise. Oh, which one's Ooh. that? Uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, God. I'm gonna go 33. With, uh, 36. Mm, 35. 34. Oh, we split it. We split it. We did. What did you say? Did you say 33? Yeah. Okay, we split it. Oh. This realization where we have body one. I'm just staring at him. It's really quiet. <laughs> you saw me climbing and just fall. I was like, I'm pretty sure 34 plus one is 35. <laughs> Next. Funny. That's weird. To be fair, though, that's weird to think he's 35 already at this point. Yeah. He seems very young here. Yeah. Yeah. Should we go for John Voight next? Who the Midnight Ooh, Cowboy. Yeah. So. 59. Say so a bit earlier in the 50s. 54. I'll split that episode. 56. 58. Ooh. Well done, Ethan. Nice. Well done. Um, so now let's go to Claire and see oh. what the age difference is. 27. 29. I'm going to go young. I'm going to go 23. Ooh. Okay, not that bad. She's actually 33. Oh, okay. okay. okay but yeah, that yeah. is still 25-year age gap. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. 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 Um, if, these were real, if these were real people, uh, it wouldn't bother me as much, the, but it's just a continuation of a continual yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like representation of what men and women are allowed to be in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. and I always seem to be a lot older men and a lot younger gap. women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Bing Rames, Luther. Ooh. Oh, that's a tricky one. 38. I'm going to guess low. I'm going to go 30. 42. 37. Oh, oh, come on. Can't read them. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Vanessa Redgrave. Oh, I love her. Oh. 53. 51. 45. 59. Whoa. Whoa. She is great. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. She looks great. She does. So she and John Void of the same age? Nah, she no. looks way better than he yeah, does. Yeah, she does. She's a year older. Wow. Yeah, he yeah. looks like someone's like taking like a like a like a bicycle pump and just like giving a couple of extra squishes. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, bless him. Like, you know, I'm, I, you know, when I turn 58, people wow. can go ahead and he does. <laughs> my old pal I bore this. I just, I just want to yeah. give him a hug. And a I'll sandwich. tell you what. I'll tell you what. I watched, <laughs> I, I watched the trailer. This is a complete segue, but I watched the trailer for the HBO special Friends Reunion. Yeah. Oh my word. You can tell a lot of them about a lot of work done. You can. Yeah. Can't you? Oh my, you know who looks the best? Oh. Joey. Joey. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
like he's, he's, he's got a bit of a stomach yeah, he's but, got, okay. but he's gone grey he's like that silver fox kind but of he's thing. completely like owning it yeah. yeah Matthew Perry looks old he does I mean, he Matthew wanted. Perry's been in the news recently too yeah yeah if you want a good look at something, then have a look at um, Emmanuel Bayard, who plays Claire, and, and the like now and oh, now really? and then okay. photos. Well, oh, we yeah. all get old, unfortunately. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, Schwimmer. I don't oh, know for a fact, like but it, it looks like Schwimmer Cox. Yeah, have both had lots of work Cox done. Had lots of Aniston yeah. looks pretty good, yeah, all things considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Schwimmer looks like he's struggling with how to age. I think they're also how to how to age and look their age gracefully. Mm. Um, which which. Apart you know, from Matt LeBlanc. Makes yeah, me sad. Oh, too. Matt LeBlanc looks good. Matt Perry yeah. just looks old. And Lisa Kudrow looks okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. James Corden's James Corden. <laughs> they, I didn't see one. I heard his voice. I didn't see yeah, one picture of him. So no. Weird. He's just gone. Yeah, we just hear, which is, I think the focus should be on the six of them. That should be, yeah. Yeah. And James Corden, talk about overexposed these days. Oh, I know, right? He's I'll, everywhere. Don't no. you worry. I'll talk about that in our All round right. table. There we <laughs> go. So, uh, we, oh. one last couple of things here. Uh, Ethan, why don't you start us off on some critics, buddy? Yeah, yeah, no worries. So, we have three. And first, we've got Time Out, uh, who said, Despite the snags, De Palma remains a virtuoso puppet master pulling the strings taut in a nail-biting robbery sequence, switching from micro to macro with Hitchcockian panache and finally letting rip with a hell-for-leather climax and gave it four out of five stars. Mm. Hang on. Brian De Palma was accused of, well, accused, but was likened to Hitchcock in this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hitchcock, the master of suspense and storytelling. Yep. Okay, just checking. I think it's just... It's that one scene. You see that one scene. That's the thing you're going out of the film, like, to, and saying to everyone, how was the film? There's this one scene. It's the heist you're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. so, it's just so cool. Not the chopper. Yeah. <laughs> the chopper. He's, he's in a plane. Not a plane. He's in a helicopter. Anyway, so we got CNN who said, the set pieces of this film, and set is in quotation marks, come off like clockwork, but there's no connective tissue, no storyline, no solid characterization. In the end, De Palma's work seems full of sound and visual fury without signifying much of anything and gave it two out of five stars. And who was that? Uh, that's CNN, uh, Carol oh, Buckland. Carol Buckland. Mm. Okay. She's not entirely wrong. No, no, no she's no, not. No, no. She's not. And then... Then we've got, we've got the man himself. I forgot. Ebes. Roger no, Ebert. Roger Ebert. I'm so used to saying Ebes. I know. Now. We have to. Come on. We can't just go Ebes in case someone's listening for the first time yeah. going, I said, yeah. make sure you say his yeah. full name. You did. <laughs> you made that specific. I had a friend say, what is it? What is it? Usually it's just you I say things to, yeah, and then you forget yeah, yeah. when I get later on. <laughs> so we have Roger Ebert. Ebs. There we go. Who says, Tom Cruise looks cool, holds our attention while doing neat things that we don't quite understand, doing them so quickly and with so much style that we put our questions on hold and go with the flow. When the movie's over, it turns out there wasn't anything except the flow. Our consolation, I guess, is that we had fun going with it and gives it three out of four stars. That's pretty much yeah. right. Yeah. He's not wrong, is he? Mm. There's no story, no. but you go, I had fun. Yeah. They're yeah. experience. They're, they're big event experience things. That's all they are now. Absolutely. Wouldn't have been great to meet him. <laughs> what, sit down, yeah, sit yeah. down and have a conversation mm. about movies. Yeah, that'd be great. That would have so been. Cool. Just, uh, just great let's listen to some of our uh, critics, shall yeah. we? So, uh, fairly new listener, Jane May. Jane <laughs> says, I loved, loved, loved the original series. Me too. This, hmm, I can't get past the Tom Cruise part. <laughs> I won't give you my opinion, but suffice to say... Um, but suffice to say, who he has become outside of the film has pretty much affected uh, how I watch him. But I'll give it a go. Same, Jane. I, I agree. Uh, then we have the Chris and Christine show who says, this scene cracks me up as all they needed was a motion detector in the room for security. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yep, I don't. Oh, I think she's referring to the GIF I posted, which is him falling and yeah. sort of uh, the Film Effect podcast. Is a big fan of this films. I have me- memory of seeing it in the theater with my cousin back in '96. We have this down for August on their show. Oh. But until then, they'll be enjoying whatever uh, we lovely people or you lovely people he says oh. have to say about it on yours. Thanks for the support as always. Can't wait to listen. Uh, Hermes from the Scuttlebutt Pod says it's a love hate for us. Love the memories of us as kids pretending to be the IMF agents, International Monetary Fund, saving the world. Uh, th- that kick ass theme song hate the downward spiral that tom's public image and seemingly sanity have taken nonetheless we'll still go out to see mi has he like shed that that whole bit where he was like jumping on the sofa oh he shed that bit but i think that part's been shed. yeah yeah but not the scientology part and i think he's played it down in recent years yeah he's still got that i don't know if you i still think it was stage but the whole thing where you're screaming like early this year to the the editors of the filmers oh on with, the thing like, yeah, the, like you have a job yeah we hollywood depends on us yeah. i'm making phone calls like, yeah it's it's all staged mm. uh jane made sent a picture of the original uh, mission impossible cast i uh, love it uh friend of the podcast Dwayne smith Man, you guys are way louder than George is doing it. <laughs> it's not about volume. It's about it's about energy. Musicality. Musicality. There we go. Dwayne Smith. It's Dwayne. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. It's Dwayne Smith. Nice Georgia, come back. Georgia, come back. <laughs> Georgia, come back. I, I, I take back what I said. <laughs> I said I miss Liam. Uh, it's not cool to admit it, but I freaking love Tom Cruise. I've seen virtually all of his films. I remember seeing MI1 and really liking it. Cruise plays a convincing Ethan Hawke. Uh, the Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hunt. Yeah, I'd love say. to see him play Ethan Hawke. That's a movie I want to but see. Ethan, Ethan Hawke playing Tom Ethan Tom Cruise is Ethan Hawke in face Training Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the face of remake I want. They just play each other. <laughs> But Ethan Hawke has to be on like his knees. The stunts and set pieces are all brilliant. It sparked an amazing franchise, and he does his own stunts. Uh, On second watch, just said toast. (laughs) Toast. (laughs) I should have done that when you were screaming Dwayne Smith's name. Uh, The Paul and Griff show say America's answer to Bond. Cruise's first ever franchise work? Question mark. A great spy thriller packed with a bit of everything, really. Even if you haven't seen it, everyone knows of it dangling over the computer scene. Of course they do, This tweet may self-destruct, so ensure it's noted down. (laughs) Will do, will do. Uh, It's a musical pod, says, Alas, my memory is more of the N64 game back before a video game port meant low quality. I loved it more than the film. But hit the Gilf, the gif you used may be Mission Impossible's gift to pop culture. I think that's correct. Yeah. Off Radar, uh, great little podcast, said, uh, at the time, I always felt this film was actually quite underrated. It's kind of crazy what the franchise became when you look back at the original. Uh, cheap Seat Reviews say, it was a cool stepping off point for a fun franchise. Uh, our friend Chuck at Chuck Goes to the Movie said, I love the third installment. We're not doing the third installment, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing, but he's not in this film. He's never been a but fan. He was in Twister. That's right. He he's was. never been a fan of Tom Cruise, though. He's seen a few performances he appreciates, but he thinks the franchise has dragged on long enough. Yeah. Carlo also talks about the third one. We're not doing the third one. <laughs> but he says, huge fan. Uh, I've seen this dozens of times going back to the 90s, and I still think it's a pretty slick action thriller. As dated as it may seem at times, they get holds up really well characters are great and the action set pieces are still iconic to the point that the langley scenes become the franchise trademark one fun fact i teach computers and i frequently use this film to teach security concepts like authentication biometrics hacking and whatnot that's kind of cool yeah nice. that's cool there you go yeah 
You Gotta See This says, still my favorite of the franchise, Tom at the pinnacle of his A-list movie star status before he started jumping on couches and saluting a delusional sci-fi yeah. novelist on stage at a giant gathering of wingdings. Those were the, the, wingdings. Those were the words of Dan Mackeltz. Uh, Scuttlebutt Podcast just sort of tweeted his and said, boy, that escalated quickly. And that is our list. Uh, just one more thing on that note would be one more set of critics. Actor Greg Morris, who portrayed Barney Collier in the original television series, was reportedly disgusted with the film's treatment of the Phelps character and walked out of a theater before the film had finished. Peter wow. Graves, who played Jim Phelps in the original series as well, re- uh, revealed how he disliked Phelps, how Phelps turned out in the film. Graves had been offered the chance to reprise his role in the TV series, but turned it down upon her hearing that his character would be a traitor. Like, this is where you gotta go just like, yeah. the series it. is over. So if you get a chance to pass the baton, and like pass the baton. For four, you know? People got over Luke Skywalker throwing a lightsaber away and drinking blue milk. The thing is, yeah, though, like, yeah, yeah. just because you play that character doesn't mean you have control over that character. Too. No. The, your job is to be the character but you don't choose the character finally Martin Landau who played Rollin Hand in the original series expressed his own disapproval in an MTV interview in October 2009 saying when they were working on early incarnation of the first one not the script they ultimately did but before that they wanted the entire team to be destroyed done away with one at a time we talked about that earlier we did and I was against that it was basically an action adventure movie and not Mission Impossible Mission was a mind game the ideal mission was getting getting in and getting out without anybody ever knowing we were there so the whole texture changed why volunteer to essentially have our characters commit suicide i passed on it the script wasn't that good either and it's where you have to go okay you can you can have that and realize that but the world is moving on and you can either be a part of it and kind of go let's exactly it's like the woman who's in chicago the original stage show who ended up then being you know some bit role but got just yeah maybe i guess it makes some people go back and look at the original tv series but they're not going to make the movie you want that's not going to happen and that gives a little bit of glued and connection to the, the original if, they, if you named it anything else, it wouldn't have the same power as the Mission Impossible brand name. No, exactly. So that really is that. So uh, let's go ahead and give our rating, shall we? Let's give our rating. So, Liam, where are you sitting on Mission Impossible? Can we give this more than 10, or is this just like... <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you give your number, and then, and, then, and, then, and then I'll tell you what number you're supposed to give it. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll do that then, yeah? <laughs> just, just kick me under the table. I will. Go ahead, buddy, what do we got? I'm going to say uh, six and a half... Six and a half Mission Impossibles. <laughs> All right. Original. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, uh, six and a half uh, falling off the bridges. Oh, okay, six no. and a half falling off the bridges out of ten. I don't know. I don't know. It's like six, I was trying to think of something. Of a stumble. Yeah, six falls and a stumble. I was trying to think of something, but six and a half. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, Ethan, go ahead. This film's good. It's also not amazing, and because of that, I can't. You can't give it more than like a seven. So I'm gonna give it. Seven Mission Impossible films out of ten because we're at seven. We oh, are at seven. Clever until he was like probably six probably Mission Impossible. Probably on our way to ten, but yes. Yeah. Uh, Ellie, I, before we do this, Ellie, I mean, we really haven't had a chance uh, in in your rating. Like, we haven't talked so much about as a first timer. What was your overall opinion of the film? So feel yeah, free to take yeah, a couple yeah. seconds here and kind of just sort of walk us through your first time, as opposed to us for whom this was just a refresh. Um. So. As with my favourite sort of 
scene of it I, I liked the fact that there was a bit of intrigue to this one it seemed like there was a little bit more of a mystery kind of feel going on than with a lot of other action movies where you might get like you don't know the face of the bad guy or something but you don't necessarily get the sort of the plot twists to it quite so much um so that was interesting um i thought it was it was quite a fun action movie it's it's not really a genre that i automatically fall in love with but um it was enjoyable it's just yeah shame that the story wasn't too fabulous so um i agree with ethan really i don't think you can really give it more than the seven so i'm gonna give it a seven and i'm, I'm gonna go for seven magical pairs of glasses out of ten <laughs> it's not magic it's technology <laughs> i just did what ian did technology is magic what's that i was able to talk ellie into the rating by going can't give it more than a seven. Well, I don't know. <laughs> At least you just sort of front-loaded it. <laughs> uh, I'll go. Um, it's really difficult because it's weird. Much like, much like Empire Strikes Back, of all things. Like if someone says, "What do you? How was the filming?" And I go, "Oh, the scene in the like, there's bits yeah, of it. Yeah, like, bits of it. This thing's um, there's some set pieces, and if, I'm not usually a set piece guy. I'm not usually the guy who's like, "Wow, this one was amazing." And then I kind of realized what we're dealing with in this film, which is it's just meant to be fun. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all it's meant to be. Um, on those merits, it does well now, but that does not make it a great film. It makes yeah. it a fun film. And if it was a best film ever film, we'd have watched it way before 20 years ago, you know, again, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah that's a good point. The fact that no, I, haven't, I haven't, I haven't, we haven't revisited it. I have an itch to come back to this for any sort of reason. No. Because why? Because I can see this year's version of it yeah, yeah. coming out. So, I mean, it does some of the things it does the best. And it is my favorite version of Ethan Hunt. I'm going to argue I can go a little bit higher than what I'm being told by Ethan I have to be locked into. <laughs> I can. So, it's weird. I, I, was, I was the ogre last week. This week, I don't know. Uh, I'm... I'm I'm the opposite. I am the friendly neighborhood guy. I'm getting my Bible stamped from the Drake Hotel. <laughs> I am giving this seven and a half crap alias code names out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed this. It's a lot of fun. Um, it is. It seven is. and a half means I had fun, but there's no way I'm going to go back and see it anytime soon. No. Nah. It's like, a, it's like a B plus. It's good. It's I'd be well curious done, to see where I place this in comparison to Days of Thunder. I, put, I can't believe I. I don't think I would have gone higher than eight on Days of Thunder. I put Days of Thunder higher. I think. Hmm. That, you know what? I'm going to take a quick moment and I look at this. Days I saw Thunder, Days of Thunder recently this. for the Nicole Kidman thing. I think I found it more fun yeah. and enjoyable just because it's it's right. Ra- I enjoy racing films to be fair. Yeah, me but too. It's just like it's hey. just constant. No, show me, show me. <laughs> Days of Thunder. Racing. Wow, I went eight. Yeah, what did I put? You went eight and a half. Woo! See, I do like a racing movie. I went movie. four and a half. You did, Woo! and Georgia went four and a half as well. So there we go. Do you have your list in th- that much in front of you, or do you just have that memorized? I just know that. Okay, so that is what we're doing this week. Now, before we queue up what we're doing next week, we just have an announcement. So I'm going to play the announcement. So I'm going to mute everybody else around the room for a second, because I'm going to play a bit that we recorded with Georgia when we did our um, see it or skip it on Dr. Horrible for this purpose, because we have a very special announcement for the pod. So I'm going to go ahead and throw that on. Very excited about this right now. And just before we go through the magic of, well, really recording it before we, uh, before we do other things, Georgia is with us. Not, Hello. not away anymore. No, I'm back. This might make you the most dedicated member of the podcast now to come back for this announcement. I think it does to be quite honest. I, I yeah. think it's just us recording in advance. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, we are here because we have an announcement, uh, which Liam and Ethan are not here for, though they are privy to what's about to be yeah. announced. Um, do you want to go ahead and sort of uh, throw down what I mean, it's very exciting what we've got coming up on the BFE in the middle of June? Go ahead. Yeah. So in the middle of the Ju- of the June, in the middle of June, <laughs> we will be um, reviewing Mank. Um, Mank doesn't actually technically qualify for best film ever, but it's on, close enough. It's and close enough. Why are we making? Why am I making? Because we're doing a full review. We are doing a full review. Why am I with my voice of reason, Podfather, all that stuff? Why am I making an exception to the rules here? Ian is making an exception to the rules here because we have a very, very special guest joining us for the that episode. And we and don't just mean Ethan. We don't just mean Ethan. It is not Ethan or Debbie. Bless them. We love them all, but yep. it is not that. It is. Uh, Sean Passard himself, he was in Mank. Uh, he is Tommy. He is the uh, cab driver for a lot of it. So he worked directly with Gary Oldman. And Academy Award winner Gary Oldman. Oldman. Yeah, and David Fincher. And we're very, very excited. So if you want to... Fincher fan girl. Woo. Yeah, yeah, so, Ellie's very excited about that, that bit. So, I mean, we're, we're, really, we're really fortunate. I mean, we want to give people yeah. as much notice in advance because uh, Sean has agreed to come on at the end of our review. Yeah talk about some stuff and then just share some time with us as well yeah. so i think we're gonna release a little bit with that episode and then we'll release like a full-length interview uh at another point as well yes that, yeah, that, fo- that, that, that following week so uh you can actually so the first thing we want to do is you want to make sure if you haven't yet you've got so like six weeks or something like that mm-hmm. to go watch mank not six weeks more like three weeks but go yeah, watch yeah. mank okay it's about the making of citizen Netflix, kane yeah. It is on Netflix here in the UK. I think it's on Netflix everywhere. I think so. I think it was direct to Netflix as a result of the pandemic. I believe so. So uh, Academy Award nominee. It won two Oscars, actually. It was the highest highest um, nominated for Oscars it, it, it was this, this It was this two. year's Oscar yeah. fave. Well, darling, and then yeah. only won two. But it won for cinematography and something else, production design or something. I think so, yeah. Uh, but it was up for Best Picture. It was up for all these things. So it's, 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 so it's about the making of Citizen Kane. Um, so uh, Citizen Kane's out there. It's a classic. Go ahead, find that if you're so inclined. But at the very least, go watch Mank because yeah. we're, we're we're actually he, uh, Sean was featured on a fair number of the promotional materials. Yeah, he's the guy sat in the car driving Gary Oldman. If yeah, basically, if you see Gary Oldman, materials. look three feet forward. Yeah. That's Sean, <laughs> who's going to come on. And he's also got like a web series. Yeah, he's part of um, or founder of um, Shipwrecked Comedy, um, which is all, all you can find that all on YouTube with his uh, sister Sinead and two other people, um, MK Wiles and Sarah Grace Hart. And they're amazing. Um, so check them out on YouTube and on Twitter and all on their different platforms because they are incredible. Lots of literary comedy. Um, so if you like your Jane Austen, your Jane Eyre, your Edgar Allan Poe, it's it's incredible. So go check them out um, if you want to know who Sean is in a bit more depth before before we get to interview him. I'm so excited. Yeah, and <laughs> it's 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 really quite surreal. So when we, we we got the word and Georgia set this up, and when we got the word that it was going to happen, uh, it's kind of our second sort of big interview. We had the boys from After Eighty Two on. Yeah, different situation here. Yeah, different situation. Uh, but definitely something we're, we're we're equally excited about. And so we're we're very thankful in advance for Sean for lending us some time. But we wanted to give our listeners as much chance to go check this film out, so they can see kind of the significance of you know if you go to the IMDb page for Mank. 
he's he's not the top one listed, but but he's not that far down the list. No, he's not that far down the list. He's like the sixth or seventh or something name down there. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong, but I think he's he's really quite close to the top. Mm-hmm. And it's not because he's like an, up, an appearance. I think it is still Gary Oldman's like the first one oh, you see yeah, him. Yeah. So definitely go see that. Be part of that conversation so that when we drop a full review on it, followed by the interview, mm-hmm. um, you know who we're talking to and why we're talking to him and getting inside. I can't wait to find out some stuff, hopefully about what happened on set. Yeah. Uh, what was it to work with Gary Oldman? What's it like to work with, with David Fincher? Yeah. All those sorts of things. So and I'm I've, excited. I've been a fan of his work for a long time on YouTube and stuff. So I'm very, very excited and trying to hold it in. But I yeah, and I'm so excited. Ellie is our resident David Fincher fangirl. So that will be... I am indeed. That will be interesting there as well. So uh, just something we wanted to go ahead and sort of... Uh, announce here with lots of notice so yeah. it's not an impossible mission go ahead and watch mank and uh catch the interview june 12th mm-hmm. june 12th we will probably be uh you know regular full review sort of stuff so we'll put up something for, for any feedback people might have and uh, who knows even maybe if you have a question for sean i'm not opposed to throwing stuff out there maybe we can yeah, read out a question definitely. or two for sean from, from from you guys but you really can't ask it until you go see it so yeah. go see mank that's it from us. We're going to throw you back to your regularly scheduled Mission Impossible review. Yeah, so that's what that we got coming cool. up. So very yeah, exciting. yeah, very exciting. So, uh, so I think quite without without I think too much reason to justify what are we doing next week? We're going to go ahead and tackle the film that Mank is based on. Yeah, which is many people's. It's just been in the news that it's no longer the top rated film on Rotten Tomatoes of all time. <laughs> Paddington <laughs> Two has now surpassed it hey! thanks to one, Come on. one old 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 review from the nineteen forties has knocked Citizen Kane off of its perch. And I think if we are any self respecting proper film podcast, yeah, that does that doesn't have a specific genre bend, but has kind of just like a comprehensive viewpoint i think citizen kane is one of those films you have to come across at some and i point. think we cover a lot of um film genres in our podcast you find me another podcast that does shrek mission impossible citizen kane three like back to back to back angels well, i think we should also do paddington too well i think at some point, <laughs> at some point <laughs> I, I got no yeah. problem doing paddington too i would have um, wanted to do paddington personal opinion i would have wanted to do paddington and paddington two in the same calendar year no i no, will no. say paddington two is good give it a year though <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's just that kind of concept. But uh, back to the, the thing we are talking about, which is Citizen Kane. And I want to go in, because I've never seen Citizen Kane. Me either. And I want to go into Mank knowing what Citizen Kane is. Exactly. It's a lot easier if I do it in that order. If you're in the UK, it's on iPlayer. So it's a really easy find. Okay. If you're in the US or Canada or wherever else, I mean, how many countries we, we just announced that we have regular listenership in, which is really something. Yeah. Really, really something. But, but I, I will say, you know, it's not, it's Citizen Kane. It's not that hard to find. I no, mean, no, no. I, I bought a copy of it, physical copy, uh, back in the, uh, lockdown, the first one. And I was just buying used DVDs like crazy because I thought, oh, I'll sit around and I'll watch all these movies. And then I kept sitting around going, I just really want to watch them for the podcast. I don't really want to get home. So, <laughs> yeah. Cause I like that raw first reaction being, being on the air. Same, so same. yeah, I do enjoy that. So I'm looking forward to seeing Citizen Kane. I know that Orson Welles had a level of control on this never seen before or since. Oh, he basically said, I'll do the movie, but you've got to give me this, 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 because you don't want to do the movie. So he said, give me all these things and I'll do your movie thinking they'd go. No way. Oh. And they went, yeah, all right. I, <laughs> He's like, what? Serious? Well, <laughs> I adore Orson Welles. I have, I, the only thing I've seen Orson Welles in ever is the start of Superman one. Oh yeah. Other, yeah. other than, 
Oh, wait, isn't the Optimus Prime as well in the original yeah. Transformers movie? I think I think oh, it's also Orson yeah. Welles. Have you? It's, he does like an advert where he's like for for wine, and he just gets shit. Oh, and he's like, he's supposed to be like, oh, the French, and he's on like four glasses. He's like, oh, the French. Yeah. Sounds like Shit's Creek. <laughs> that sounds like Shit's Creek. Very similar to that part of Shit's Creek, actually. There we go. So that is what we are doing for episode seventy next week. I'm looking 70. forward to. I'm looking forward to it. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Isn't it? It's a lot. Who'd so, have thought we'd got this far? <sighs> and to have all these listeners. All that's over the, the part world. I wasn't expecting. Can yeah, you I was expecting us to sort of deal through it and just sort of throw stuff off in some sort of. I don't know if we thought weekly or what I thought it would be, but yeah. So and the fact that we've got this established guest coming on. Yeah, I, I was going to say go back to when you when you like released Back to the Future like last year. Yeah. You've been like you're going to get a guy who's in an Oscar winning movie. Yeah, on there. yeah, and that's your second interview. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, crazy. It's, it's great. And in the space of a year and a half. Yeah, we're 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 really quite fortunate, and people who seem to like the podcast, we're we're very humbled by it. Uh, we are. We, are we so do have a lot of fun, it. and we do a lot of sarcasm, and we do play around with bits and subtext and yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, we we love having to laugh, people on Twitter and stuff, and even being a bit sarcastic, and that's great too. But at the end of it, the bottom of it all, really is this kind of uh, awe that we've stumbled into this thing. Yeah. And uh, so if you're out there, just one more time, we started by thanking you. Just let me, let's, let's finish by thanking you again. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the ride. What I really would love is for people to just go ahead and check out Mank and just kind of be, be aware for that. If you haven't seen it. Yeah, check out Citizen, I would check out Citizen Kane to prep you yeah, for it, just like yeah, we are. Yeah. But take a look at it. I mean, it's uh, Mank's on Netflix, so there's no reason not to. Uh, you know, there's it, probably a reason why it was nominated for so many Oscars. You might argue it wasn't better than this film or that. That's fine. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, that's you, you can believe that, but get that sort of level, there's gonna be something redeeming about it. So yeah. I'm looking forward to taking it. And Gary Oldman's always a win. So oh, I love Gary Oldman. Yeah. So I'm excited about those two announcements. So that's kind of where we are at. So yeah. we literally have to get out of here so we can take a quick break and then go ahead and start on our Nicole Kidman switch from gears a little <laughs> bit here. Switch from Tom to Nicole. Imagine that. Yeah. So Are you kidding me? I'm not Kid kidding man. you. I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> Me. So um, we'll see if we have to talk to the others about the hours and keeping our eyes wide shut. So there we go. <laughs> so um, please catch us next week when we tackle, without question, one of the cinematic greats in Citizen Kane, a film that none of us have watched before. Nope. No. Okay. There we go. Nope. So for best film ever, Abinian. Uh, I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Ethan. And uh, next week in preparation, would you like to watch a movie? Maybe cinema of the Citizen Kane, perhaps. We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap. This podcast will self destruct <laughs> in seven seconds. Six, five, four, four three. three. Two. Two.